<laughs> like to wish everybody a happy Veterans Day, even the haters and losers. <laughs> losers, yeah. They've been, they've been very mean to me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Mike Valverde and Big Daddy Ranks, Walker Kelly. Boys, how are we doing today? Mm, I'm all right. Yeah, just uh, just living, living life. Living? Big, big Daddy Ranks lifestyle. Big Daddy Ranks, that's right. So, Mike, that's uh, on the Wednesday episodes. I've been coming up with a nickname for Walker, and I think I landed on one, Big Daddy Ranks. I like it. I like there you go. So big daddy rakes it is. So, all right. Uh, this is our week 10 episode of the podcast, the week preview podcast. We'll also be talking Thursday night football. Uh, if you'd like the Tuesday episode, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash football absurdity. You can also check out the website, footballobsurdity.com, where we have a ton of weekly articles as well as Walker's ranks. Uh, we also have Wednesday episodes of the podcast where Walker and I go over his ranks, talk about Thursday night football a little bit, and talk about um, you know sneaky starts, tough sits, and uh, his hardest player to rank at each position, as well as highlighting some guys. Um, you can all che- also check out our Discord, tiny.cc/fbabsurdity. If you want to get up-to-date information on everything that we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at fballabsurdity. Walker is Big Daddy Drix with an X. Mike is RFL Red Zone, and I am Jeff Crisco, K R I S K O. So K R I S T O. Yeah, do not follow Jeff Crisco <laughs> with a T. That is not me. That is some jerk. Twitter said, "Yeah, that looks like you." We're not going to do anything about it, but that looks like you. Are you serious? They're not going to do. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So good for him. I hope so they blocked happy. you on your old account for no for no reason, but they won't. I have no old account. Don't Twitter. Don't listen to this. <laughs> You're not allowed to re register if your perma banned to Twitter. Oh, are you serious? That's really stupid. Yeah, um, I, ha- I have no old ac- account, Mike. Okay, this this mysteriously account that never occurred. Exactly. Um, this alleged account. This alleged account, but yet they won't block this jerk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, well, um, sounds like, why did you, Jeff, can I ask why you allegedly got banned from Twitter? Well, allegedly, I mocked a Nazi, and allegedly it was taken at, it was, it was, uh, reported, and supposedly it was hate speech, or ah. th- threatening speech is what it was. Okay. Um, allegedly, or so I've right. heard. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, do you know, do you know what's even worse than, huh? You're hearing it more and more. I'm hearing it more and more. Folk, not a lot of people know this, uh, but folks are saying it. Um, big guy, tears in his eyes, came up to me. And said, allegedly, this guy was banned from Twitter for mocking Nazis. That's Incredible. Allegedly. Incredible. And he said, thank you, Mr. Crisco. <laughs> all right. So you know what's worse than all of that? Uh, Thursday Night Football last night. Gross. Yeah, was it was bad. bad. It was horrible and it was horrible for every there's the only good thing that happened was the fat man touchdown it didn't count and it didn't well what's funny is because he scored they had to decline the penalty which is why there was enough they got to do third down again so him scoring actually was impactful yeah i mean it meant something but yeah it's just so funny that it like it ended up counting for something but not as a touchdown but yeah that was the best play of the game was the fat man touchdown um, yeah, 
Um, I basically I and I think every single other person on fantasy Twitter was just like either yelling at the screen or just yelling at Twitter about how the Ravens continued to throw the ball to Marquise Brown a million times, even though he was really bad last night and refused to give Rashad Bateman those targets, even though he was really good last night. Yeah. I mean, Bateman finally in the fourth quarter got some targets. Like he got like five or six targets in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He finished with six for 80 on eight targets, I think. Yeah. So he, Mark Andrews both had good days because Andrews got uh, the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Brown had like six for 60 on 14 targets or something. Yeah, it was Marquise Brown was six. It was even worse. Six for 37 on 13 targets. Yeah. So Bateman had five less targets and caught the same amount of passes for 43 more yards. But let's continue to throw the ball to the to the guy who who averaged less than three yards a target. It was so weird. It was like they forgot to game plan or something because Miami kept running the same. They mentioned they kept running the same defense against them like eight straight plays. And it just worked every time because the Ravens didn't counterpunch. Yeah, they just refused to do anything different. Yeah, it was insane. And, and you know, uh, as a Gaskin manager in a lot of leagues, I am not a fan of their offensive line, considering one stole a screen pass from him and another one had a weird false start, uh, like a whole beat early on a Gaskin touchdown. And so whatever. But in my home league, it was good. Because I had Marlon Humphrey and the other guy had Sammy Watkins, and he has negative fantasy points right now. Woo! <laughs> I, I was glad. I was glad. I just went to see the Rocky Four director's cut um, <laughs> instead of sitting through this torturous of a game. That I did. I did put it on like the short short footage. What is it like thirty minute footage game yeah, clip the, on, the on Game Pass? And Rocky oh four. my! Oh, it was awful it was so awful this game i mean I, it was awful in 30 minute clip and i couldn't even imagine sit there through a thursday night um meeting so this was perfect timing thank you sylvester stallone for putting this movie your directors cut out um on the worst thursday night football game of the year i appreciate it yeah this game this game was a real uh ivan drago am i right yeah it was hey folks um, I mean, I don't think there's much to talk about. Uh, Miles Gaskin was bad. So, so was Salvin Ahmed. Uh, they kept, uh, Jacoby Brissett went out with a knee injury, was apparently okay. Then Tua went in, banged his injured finger on a helmet and stayed in the game. Like, I don't know what either team was really doing on offense in this game. It didn't make a whole lot of sense at all. Mike wow. Kosicki set the record for most targets to a tight end without a catch last night. He had seven targets without a catch. Yeah, Mike, uh, Mike uh, I don't know what the heck was going on. Adam Shaheen was making plays all over the place for no apparent reason. And, like, every time they threw it to Gasicki, they just, like, magically forgot to, like, give him a chance or something. I don't know. It was really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah I, Jalen Waddle looked pretty good but didn't really get a ton of work. Um, yeah, at one point last night, some I forget who tweeted it out, but on uh, the Thursday night showdown on DraftKings, the perfect lineup was the starting Dolphins quarterback, the backup Dolphins quarterback, the Dolphins kicker, the Dolphins number four receiver, and the Dolphins number five receiver. <laughs> Jesus. Brissett, Tungo Vailoa, Sanders, Ford, and Wilson. And Burt, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Awful. It was such a nightmare. Um. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Will Wilson had a pretty good game, which is 
uh, something. Yeah. Well, he had one like big play, really. Yeah, but then I mean, he was still he looked shifty in that like the whole mm-hmm. game, and it just you know the the way that they use him, it's not like it's gonna he's gonna have a lot of two yard gains. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So I mean, uh, Rashad Bateman, would we call this his breakout game? Six for eighty. Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, he had he already had an eighty yard game, so yeah, but in an eighty yard like game where nothing was working. Yeah, I mean, typical, he's typical what, Mike? It, it it seems like typical Bateman to me. I mean, okay, it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, he's. I mean, he's been getting like better little by little each game. I don't know. I think I think he has to score probably to get to have a true breakout game. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, the guy's got to get it in the end zone, but or have over a hundred yards. Um, that might not even do it, just because he's been hitting around that eighty mark. Um, but I, I think the hundred yard is is a good good marker to achieve. Um, I'm overall just amazed by how good he he is. Uh, he's amazing. He's incredible. He's really, he's really good immediately coming off of a groin injury, which is super impressive for a rookie. Yeah, so he made uh, that snaring catch, um, that horrible ball by Lamar Jackson. Oh, on that third down, yeah. Reached mm-hmm. out and just snared it. I mean, yeah, it's just like, Lamar let him too far, and it was a yeah. He, he looks good. That's that's really the only uh, him and Andrews looking good is about the only positive you can take out of last night for Baltimore. Pretty I much. mean, really for both sides. Even Justin Tucker missed a field goal. Oh yeah, that was almost gonna be the image for the episode because he made this really funny face. Like he like he's like, that's not allowed, but then the fat man touchdown happened, so that obviously took precedent. Right. Especially going upside down. That's his Yeah. He landed on his head. Oh. So all right. Let's uh let's go ahead, let's move on to the Sunday games here. We're gonna have a little bit of a a faster episode, uh, because Mike's got a heart out here and we can't ramble like we normally do. Um, so that's, that's us. Who would, who would tune in to listen to us? Um, we need less, less talking. So, all right, let's, (laughs) let's go to the first game, 10 a.m. game. It is Atlanta at Dallas. This is a 10 a.m. start. Uh, Atlanta is four and four. Dallas is six and two. There's a 54 and a half point over under Dallas, nine point favorites injuries in this one, uh, for Atlanta, um, there was no injuries listed for fantasy relevant players this week for Atlanta. Um, so good for them. I saw no updates on Calvin Ridley either. I went hunting for them. I didn't see anything, uh, for the Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith will not be playing. Uh, he missed practice all week. Uh, Randy Gregory will miss the game as well. Um, Cedric Wilson is questionable. Uh, Mari Cooper is questionable with a hamstring injury, but should be playing a lot of this stuff is developing so i'm I'm getting up to the date news because we're recording a little bit earlier than usual so what i want to talk to you guys about is which kyle pitts do we get this game so kyle pitts we had um a couple times where against miami and the jets where he had like 300 combined yards and a touchdown And then in the last two games, he had 13 and 62 yards. And the Cowboys are, um, they're just kind of neutral against the tight end. They're 12th. So it's not going to be one of those situations where he really takes advantage of anything. But um, no tight end has scored double-digit points against them in half PPR since week three. So I'm curious what you guys think, what we're going to get from Kyle Pitts this week. Is it going to be like a, a, you know, 
people strutting their stuff that, yes, you should have taken him over Hawkinson? Um, or is it going to be more of a, oh, well, you know, he had a pretty good week. Uh, you know, five for 60, 63 isn't much to uh, sneeze at. Uh, I think it'll be, I mean, I think it'll be more that I, I don't, I certainly don't think we're going to get a dud from Pitts in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboys defense just isn't good enough for that. And he'll be fed quite a few targets, but yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect, I, I would say the Cowboys are good enough to prevent like a 10 for 140 game from him. So yeah, probably something in the like five for 70 range or something like that. Okay. And then here's the question too, is um, with what the um, personnel looks like right now without Calvin Ridley, like is, does he have the highest floor? Because there's no way to get him out of the game. I mean, kind of, yeah. he's got the highest floor certainly of the, of the Falcons pass catchers by a long shot. Mm -hmm. If you call Cordell Patterson, a running back. With with massive air quotes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think Cordell Patterson is the safest play in, in this game. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Kyle Pitts is probably the second safest in, in this scenario. I agree with I agree with Walker. The Cowboys uh, are a pretty easy team to score against. They're 20th um, tied for 20th and fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. So Pitts should be able to, if he doesn't get an end zone, at least catch, you know, five plus passes for 70, 80 yards. And that'll give you 13 points, which out of the tight end position is pretty dang good. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like Pitts to finish in probably in the top seven this week and Court um, Patterson doing his typical thing. Okay. So, um I mean, for Dallas, you're starting – this has a lot of, like, obvious starts. Like, you're starting uh, Zeke, you're starting uh, Dak and Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. But then we get into the wide receivers, and this kind of gets me into my win-lose-or-draw win, this week, which is our new format for uh, talking about uh, players instead of uh, – um, I forget what we called it, but it Star was uh, F. Mary Kill, I think is um, – but um, – Win, lose, or draw, we're going to do Dalton Schultz, tight end, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. And that's kind of how I want to get into talking about this um, Dallas passing game. All right. Um, I'll say uh, with my for my lose, which just is to go into this a little, just to explain it a little bit. Essentially, the win is player you think will perform above, like, baseline expectations for the week, like that, like the average rank for the week loses the opposite player you think will fall short of uh, average under industry expectations and then draws player that you think will finish closest of the three to the average expectation. So um, for the lose, I'll go with Cooper because he's banged up. Um, that's That seems like the easiest to get out of the way. And with Lamb being healthier than Cooper is right now, I expect him to outperform Cooper. Um, the Falcons are pretty neutral against tight ends. Um, so Wait, I, it, it's, it's, um, not who's going to be above the three, but above their expectations that they normally produce. Yeah. That's what I had said. So, oh, I thought you were comparing the three and which one would be better than the other and which one would be tied. I was just using that as an example for why Cooper, why I'm using Cooper as the lose player. Okay. My mistake. I'm sorry. 
That's okay. Um, I'll I'll pick Lamb as my win player. I don't have a lot of trust in the Falcons' secondary against good, fully healthy receivers, which Lamb is. Um, I don't think AJ Terrell or like Fabian Moreau are going to be able to handle him real well. Uh, and then the Falcons are pretty average defense against tight ends, and Schultz has just kind of. He's kind of leveled off as like a solid mid to back end tight end one option, and I would expect him to be right around that this week. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so, Mike, what about you? What do you what do you th- what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, the Atlanta defense overall against wide receivers and tight ends are about middle of the road. So, I, I think you're going to probably expect Dalton Schultz. Uh, Walker makes a good point about that Dalton Schultz has sort of fallen back a little bit. He's he's not as explosive as he once was. Just because when you have a choice between getting Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb the ball, why give it to Dalton Schultz? So the offense is, is, is metamorphosizing itself from what it was earlier in the year. I think uh, C.D. Lamb uh, will will be the one that um, is the winner of this week. I, you know, normally uh, – what he normally produces, I think he'll get in the end zone. Um, Amari Cooper will be the draw. You expect typical numbers out of Amari Cooper, 50 for, I mean, not 55 for, you know, 80, 90 yards. Um, and then Dalton Schultz will be falling back even further um, than he normally does. So I would definitely get C.D. Lamb in your lineups over Amari Cooper and Amari Cooper over Dalton Schultz. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to find up-to-date information on on Michael Gallup, but we're again we're recording a little bit earlier before uh, everybody's Friday practice reports come out, so um, I'm not seeing uh, he is expected to play. So okay, cool, sounds good. Um, so all right, let's go ahead. Um, I am picking Dallas in this one. I uh, will also pick Dallas. Yeah, Dallas in this one. All right. Sounds good. Um, so let's go. Ahead, let's move on to the next game. New Orleans and Tennessee. Uh, New Orleans is five and three. Tennessee seven and two. This is a forty four and a half point over under Tennessee three point favorites. Um, big injury in this one is Alvin Kamara has been declared out for this week. Um, Trevor Simeon will be the starter. Um, those are the big ones for the Saints. As for the Titans, stop me if you've heard this one before. Julio Jones is questionable with a hamstring injury. Um, he did not practice on Friday <laughs> after tweaking his hamstring on Thursday. Um, Ryan Tannehill mispracticed today because he got some, uh, tummy bug, um, but he should be playing for uh, this weekend. And A.J. Brown was upgraded to a full practice participant um, after dealing with a knee issue. Uh, that seems to be just kind of how his weeks go now. Um, so, oh, I took two in a row. So my question in this one was, um, you know, Walker and I kind of touched on it on the, uh, I guess, the Thursday episode, the um, rankings episode. But, Mike, I'm curious your take on this because we don't know what the Titans offense really looks like um, because they found themselves up all of a sudden because Matt Stafford lost his brain. And so um, we don't know what it looks like without Derrick Henry. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. Like what what do you think they might be doing this weekend? Is bad. Uh, uh, a good answer. Well, what makes you think it's going to be bad? Well, 
Derrick Henry's the fire plug and the spark plug of this this offense. And without Derrick Henry, you're giving the ball to Adrian Peterson, Deontay Foreman, and hope hopefully uh, Jeremy McNichols catches some dump off passes. So you have a quarterback who's been struggling all season long. when Ryan Tannehill has not looked like he has in the last couple of years when he came over from Tennessee. He's not bad by any means, but it's not the same Tannehill that we we thought he would be. And then you have your your player, your 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 the guy that you run the entire offense through uh, and go down with with season ended injury. You, and you have Adrian Peterson as your hope. It, it's just not going to be fluid enough to um, be a very good offense. So that's why it's bad. No, well, okay. But, I mean, it's it's not like A.J. Brown is a bad football player, and it's not like um, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill is a particularly bad football player. Um, I mean, the Saints have also been a questionable pass defense the last few games. Um, um so the Saints just, are awful at, at pass defense. They're thirtieth. Yeah. They're thirtieth right now. Thirtieth um, worst defense against against wide receivers. So, I, yeah, I mean AJ Brown. Um, I'm not saying AJ Brown is a bad ball player, but when you don't have the pieces that are pushing through the defense, and you're hoping that AJ Brown gets open all the time because you don't really have another receiver on on the other side or a tight end for that matter. Um, Anthony Ferkser, are we really excited about Anthony Ferkser? Are we really excited about Chester Rogers? I mean, Colts, Colts were everybody was dumping on the Colts, or a lot of people were dumping on the Colts off you know, wide receivers before the season started with Michael Pittman and and Zach Pascal, and they're like, these guys are horrible. How can this offense even you know survive? And then but you look over and AJ Brown, Chester Rogers, and uh, in, in um, who else is there? Um, whatever is is not. You're going to be excited about this. There, where is where is the the playmaker in this offense? If you have Ryan Tannehill who's being average and AJ Brown being probably covered because no one's going to really put much threat into Chester Rogers, where is this offense moving? And I, I don't. I mean, I don't see it. So, I, I'm 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 confused. There's no, you know, it it's not worth continuing to dig into it. I don't think they're going to be as 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 outright bad as you believe them to be. Um, I don't think that Derrick Henry has much of a bearing on the passing game as um, you believe and purport. And I will once again refer you to the article that you will never read. <laughs> that I, I, I didn't you. I didn't bring up anything about play action. No, I know, but you were saying that Derrick Henry is a spark plug, and if you lack a player who does what Derrick Henry does, then you're then you know you're going to be relying on guys like a Chester Rogers, and you know what? I don't know. We'll see. I, I've I've I'm just I'm not particularly arguing with you a lot. That's why I said it's not worth it. I'm just I just think that you might be tossing aside the passing game a little bit too uh, preemptively. Has Ryan Tannehill been good this year? Not really. Not really. He's but, been fine. But we said the Saints' pass defense has also been bad. Okay. I would say long term, it's that the Tennessee Titans' offense the rest of the season probably won't be particularly good. Um, but this week, I would expect them to be able to throw the ball at least with some degree of success. I mean, 
I do I think they're going to be able to run it really at all? No. Adrian Peterson's bad. Deontay Foreman's bad. Jeremy McNichols isn't a between-the-tackles runner. Um, but A.J. Brown's still really good, and as much as we want to say, you know, they're just going to double him, well, that doesn't always work. And the Titans will figure out ways to get in the ball. Um, but no, I mean, it's not going to be as easy for them to move the ball as it has been in the past. So um, it's not a death sentence for the Titans, but it just means they have to adjust and they have to do different things. And that'll take probably a few weeks to figure out. Okay. Um, and I had to switch up my win, lose, and draw for this game since we already talked about uh, a lot of it. And the third guy was not in the game. So let's just flip it over to the uh saints offense and do deontay harris latavius murray who will be not latavius murray uh mark Mark. ingram (laughs) my brain my brain turned off same same thing yeah basically yeah deontay harris mark ingram and marquez calloway uh two wide receivers and a running back who will be basically their top three guys in this game so i'm curious uh, mike we'll start with you about win lose and draw between deontay harris mark ingram and marquez calloway well, I definitely think the winner is Mark Ingram in this situation, just because Alvin Kamara is out. And Mark Ingram looked pretty good. Um, he's looked He looked okay in Houston, but as we know, the Houston offense isn't the greatest offense in the world. Uh, so you take what he did in Houston, and then you put him on a better team with better blocking. And he, he looked actually uh, better than Alvin Kamara did last week. But as we know, Alvin Kamara is dealing with an injury. So I think that's one of the reasons why Alvin Kamara hasn't been as explosive as he typically is. And hopefully him taking this week off and maybe next week, we'll see, we'll actually get him back into the, to what we normally see as, as Alvin Kamara. So Mark Ingram right away, he'll get a huge amount of, of the ball carrying. Uh, And then I'll say typical Marcus Calloway, because Marcus Calloway, so he'll be Marcus Calloway will be the draw just because He's sort of the boom bust player where he's not going to be catching a lot of passes and the passes he does catch will be for long distance anyway. So there won't be much change there. And then Deontay Harris will be the loser of of this week against the Titans. Okay. Um, So what what makes you say that Deontay Harris will be the loser? I I bring him up to point out, um, you know, he left a game with a hamstring injury and I talked about this with Walker already. Um, but in his last three games that he started and finished, and it's been kind of broken up because he left with a hamstring injury, then he was out for a game, then he had a bye, but he had eight, seven, and eight targets. So I'm 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 bringing this up as a public service announcement about Deontay Harris. I think <laughs> it's it's not so much a, Deontay Harris is going to be, and I'm as I'm saying it, he's he's the loser of the week. But I. I you know that Marcus Callaway is probably going to be Marcus Callaway. That's is what what it's going to be because that's sort of his his niche is is what he does. So then you have to look at who's going to be the winner. Um, if the draw is Marcus Callaway, who's going to be the winner? Deontay Harris or Mark Ingram? And with Mark Ingram having the role to himself now, if Alvin Kamara was was the was not injured, then it would probably be a different story. But because now I have to choose between the winner being Mark Ingram or Deontay Harris and Mark Ingram having such a bigger role now, then Mark Ingram becomes the winner and ipso facto Deontay Harris becomes the loser. So 
I mean, you could switch it around. You could say, well, Marcus Callaway won't be catching many passes, and therefore he'll catch two for, you know, 34 yards, and Deontay Harris will be, you know, Deontay Harris and get the draw. But it's not so much Deontay Harris is a bad player. It's just sort of what we're left with as far as the options go. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, um, Walker, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I What I'll say is I think I would – say Marquez Calloway's the loser um, just because I, I think that with Harris, I think Harris is going to continue to to get more targets. I think he's going to probably play more snaps because he's been more impressive. And uh, Calloway seems like he's the third best receiver in a bad receiver room. So he'll probably continue to lose snaps. Um, I will say that, I, personally, I will say Mark Ingram is the draw because as a starting running back, I think that he'll do basically just a baseline job of what you would expect him to do. And then I'll say Deontay Harris is the winner just because uh, it's a really good matchup with the Tennessee pass defense, and he's their most dangerous pass catcher. So I, I think that that's probably going to be the most efficient way for the Saints to move the ball, even with Simeon at quarterback. And Simeon's been peppering Harris with targets. So uh, I, I think he's the guy. It's good streamer this week. Okay. Sounds good. So I'm taking the uh, Titans in this one, actually. Because their defense has been okay. A lot, yeah, a lot better lately. Yeah. I will also take the Titans. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for somebody. <laughs> um, I'm going to take New Orleans. This guy loves Trevor Simeon and Mark Ingram. Hell yeah. That's, I mean, that's really a, the big tiebreaker here. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, the backup quarterback and the backup running back. That was, <laughs> that was uh, fighting Rex Burkhead and Philip Lindsay for touches three weeks ago. <laughs> So, all right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. I don't know why my voice went all uh, stuttery there, but Indianapolis, Jacksonville is two and six. Indianapolis is four and five, 47 and a half point over under. Colts are 10 and a half point favorites. And now I see why Walker picked up uh, T.Y. Hilton for the briefest of moments today. Uh, he is cleared uh, concussion protocol. Um, so he will be playing this weekend and then Walker dropped him for JJ Taylor. I don't know how to turn off the notifications, but I get notifications of every move at all of my leagues. <laughs> I, I'm sure that looked really funny that I picked up T.Y. Hilton and like three minutes later dropped him for a bad Patriots running back. I know I was, um, so I, I didn't realize that I closed the notification about T.Y. Hilton and I was about to screenshot both moves and be, tweet out like Walker down bad right now, but I accidentally closed the other one. So you should, yeah, that, that would have been good because <laughs> I mean, I am, I, if, uh, if Harrison Stevenson don't get through the concussion protocol tomorrow, I'm probably going to be starting JJ Taylor this week. Eesh. That's okay. I'm starting Gio Bernard in that league. And I started Miles Gaskin and Mike Gesicki. So that league, that's already an L for me. So not going great, bud. Not going great. So um, for the Jags, James Robinson, questionable with a heel issue. Uh, he was limited in practice on Thursday and Friday and is um, looking unlikely to suit up on Sunday. So I guess it's Carlos Hyde season. Ugh. I guess. I guess. Um, not against then, the Indy run defense. Well, 
he'll get you know he'll get the um miles gaskin line 20 carries for 34 yards <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that's uh, um trevor lawrence he had that ankle scare in the game last week but it's been no issue in practice this week he um was limited in wednesday but they were just kind of keep protecting him that's it for the jaguars um oh i miss john brown as a jag now that man's just bouncing around the league um, so in this one, um, Mike, you have the question for this one because I, and I believe Walker also left it for you because it's the Colts. Well, I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. And the question is, has Jonathan Taylor overtaken CMC as the number one pick in redraft leagues? Yes, I think so. Uh, I, I think that. At this point, I would say that Taylor is the most likely option to be 101 in 2022 for redraft, um, just because he's an ascending talent in an offense that is efficient at running the ball, have a very good offensive line. His role is certainly not going to change much at all. Um, he's shown the ability, both in college and in the pros, to handle a large volume of carries, and uh you know, he, he's continued to improve. I mean, this season he's been a little bit more efficient, but more decisive. He's been better in the passing game. So, um, yeah, I, I he's an outstanding football player. He's young. He's in a good offense in terms of running the ball. So, yeah, I, I don't see really any reason. I think he's certainly going to be the safest of the top guys because all the other ones either have injury issues or are starting to kind of age out of, of that area. I mean, Zeke's going to be around 30. Kamara's going to be a smaller guy who's getting into his late twenties. So yeah, I, I, I would, I would say Taylor's going to be the guy next year. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 this was something I believe I asked um, when uh, Jonathan Taylor had that big game on Thursday night football. So I was like, it's the CMC injuries, the Derrick Henry injuries. I think it's a changing of the guard. So, yeah, I honestly believe that um, he's the 101 in redraft. But let me roll this forward. Who's two, three, and four? Two, three, and four. Um, uh, wow. Probably Camaro will still be one of those guys. Um. I would say probably Cook will still be one of those guys. Um, well, here's the thing. There's the legal stuff around Cook now. Right. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, God, I had a guy in my head now. I, for some reason, I lost it, and I can't remember who. Well, Najee will probably be up there. Yeah. I I that wasn't who I was thinking of. I don't know why I all of a sudden I had I had the name and I was like, oh yeah, I like this take, and then it immediately left my mind, and now was I can't it remember it. Eckler? No. No, it wasn't Eckler. Uh, you got you guys answer the question, and I'll figure is it out. It Bijan Robinson? Bijan. He can't he can't even declare for the draft. <laughs> I know, but Bijan. Bijan. Fantasy no. Twitter won't shut up about him. Is it Joe Mixon? No, it's not Joe Mixon. <laughs> uh, is it DeAndre, just, DeAndre Swift? Stop! No, stop just yelling things at me. I'm looking at a list of names. <laughs> Sa- 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 Saquon. Saquon. Oh, Saquon. Okay. That was that was who I was thinking of, and because I think that um, he's not. Pro- I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot this year, 
And I think a lot of this has been more like protection than anything. Cause I feel like if they, like they, they could have thrown him back out there at 70% and he'd have played, but they're being smarter about him now and actually preserving him like that type of asset that he is. Um, so yeah, I, I would be, I would expect that, um, in the event that Kareem Hunt were to get cut or traded, then Chubb could be a top four option. But yeah, I mean, once you get past like once you get past Taylor, then it's I mean you've got like probably eight guys that you can choose from, and you could make a case for just about all of them. Okay. Yeah, uh, Mike, what are you thinking? I got uh, JT at one. Um, Homerism, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> Najee Harris at two, uh, CMC at three, and Henry at four. Yeah, so I'm thinking, um, yeah, JT at one. I'm going to go Najee at two. I will go CMC at three, and actually Austin Eckler at four. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, Derek I mean, Eckler has – Eckler's number two in point, PPR points per game among running backs this year. Yeah, it's also, um, you know, Derek Henry's a big guy. It's a foot injury. Those aren't the kind of things that uh, definitely don't linger for big guys. Um, yeah, it would be much better. Differently, it would. No, that's Kyle Pitt. <laughs> They're both built different, folks. But no, that it would be. I'd be more confident for Henry next year if he doesn't return this year at any point. That's true, because um, well, I gotta look into it if it's Jones fractures. I know there's some foot injury that has a high rate of recurrence, and that what that's what. Um, that's what bothers me. Hmm. So, um, all right. Uh, so let's, uh, Mike, who is your uh, win, loser draw for this one? Win, loser draw, uh, JT, Michael Pittman, or J-Rob? Uh, I'll go first. Um, so I'm going to say that um, I think, if J Rob plays, oh, if he J Rob plays, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's we can replace it with uh, Jag Jaguar starting running back. Yeah, well, Hyde whoever, or J Rob. Whoever's Jaguar starting running back will be the loser, um, because as Walker said, not against that Colts uh, run defense. Then I'm actually going to say I think JT has, you know, it's it's hard for him to win because his 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 average week is so good. You know, yeah, it's like, what's he going to do? Get 300 yards and four touchdowns? Like, is that, <laughs> is, is that what a, a JT win looks like? So I, think, I guess I think a JT win would be like, does he finish as a top three overall back on the week? Uh, I mean, that's kind of what JT is now. You know, a top three overall back. But I'm going to say well, Pittman's a winner. I think this is the big Pittman, like, uh, everybody sits, sits up and takes notice. People start saying, well, I'm going to have Pittman in my top 12 next year. That type of game. Yeah, he kind of already had one, but it was the first one. And so nobody was really sure if it was for real. But yeah, I, I will agree. I think Jaguars running back is the loser. The Colts are extremely good at run defense and not good at all at pass defense. So Jacksonville's going to be throwing a ton. Um, yeah, I'll go with JT as the draw and then Pittman as the win. All right, Mike, what are your thoughts on your own question? My own thoughts, uh, I agree pretty much with with you guys. Pittman is the win, JT, draw, and J-Rob, or Carlos Hyde, or C. Hyde, 
uh, Dio. Um, is- Dari Ungo Bawale. I was so shocked I forgot how to say his name. Ogun Bawale. Ogun Bawale. Is the loser of the week. All right. Um, so I first. Mike hates Dare Ogumbawale. Mike Mike hates that guy. He never talks about him. I never uh, talk about Dare. Never. Um. So I will. Um. I will take the Jags. No, I'm just kidding. I will take the Colts. I am selecting the Indianapolis Colts to win this football game. I'm going with the Baltimore Colts. I knew you were going to say Baltimore Colts. I knew, like, <laughs> I knew that that was what was going to happen. <laughs> You know me well. <laughs> all right. So, all right. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Sorry, I'm distracted. My home league is melting down. We will not get into the details, but it is a full-on meltdown. Oh. And um, well, you got to get into details because that's too much fun. I cannot. I will not because at least one person ta- uh, um, listens to it, and oh. I'll just I'll just put it this way. I was taking an email that one of the people in the league sent and putting it into the form of the putting on clown makeup uh, meme and then sending it back to the thread. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Damn. That's so, some crazy stuff going on. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on to Cleveland and New England. Both are five and four. This is a 45 and a half point over under. Um New England are one and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, injuries. Walker touched on it earlier in the episode because he's down bad. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and D- Damian Harris, both questionable with concussions um, in this one. And um, Zach- <laughs> Nesson, Zach Cox said Johnny Smith could be used as a running back. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so funny. <laughs> that would be incredible. You know, he. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was pretty good on those tight end sweeps. Yeah, I was going to say, he ran the ball a decent amount in Tennessee, not as a running back, but, you know, he had some runs. Um, and then uh, for the Browns, uh, Demetric Felton is out again with COVID. Nick Chubb, uh, this must have just gotten put out there. He's also out with COVID. Miles um, Garrett is back at practice, and uh, Baker Mayfield was upgraded to a full practice, so he seems to be recovering from the shoulder um, thing that uh, the whole labrum broken femur like his whole just shoulder complex is just shredded beef right now so um walker uh what do you want to talk about with this one uh i want to know if dearness johnson's actually good because i no, don't think next we... question <laughs> i don't i think it, it it matters for this game because i feel like if cleveland can't run the ball at all against new england then they're probably not going to win this game um I I kind of tend to fall in the middle. Like, I'm not going nuts over Dearness Johnson because he had one good game against a uh, Denver defense that was playing, like, sixth-string linebackers in the game. But I certainly think he looks a lot better than he did last season. So mm-hmm. it's kind he of He feels a lot more decisive. I that, think that I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. And... uh New England's defense is just average against running backs, and their whole take your best thing away isn't going to really apply to Dearness Johnson. <laughs> it's probably going to be Jarvis Landry that they focus on. So, yeah, I I think Johnson will be fine in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's going to be like great or bad, 
And I think it'll probably be just enough to keep Cleveland in this game all the way to the end. Um, I definitely agree with the Vegas line that it's going to be really close. Yeah, I think it's going to be a game where both teams kind of just try to just like grind it out as best they can. Where with the Patriots, they would want to do it with running backs. But given what their situation looks like, it might just be a lot of short passes to um, J.J. Taylor or, um, you know, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Not exact. Well, Nelson Aguilar is a little bit more of a downfield guy, but uh, these just like sure handed guys are going to get them the ball. And so I do think it's going to be a situation where. Dearness Johnson gets a good amount of carries somewhere between like 14 and 16, but I don't, I see him getting like 16 carries for 80 yards. And then his good week is determined on if he gets a touchdown, you know? So if he gets, you know, what 16 for 80, that's what, like 4.5 yards per carry. Is that right? Uh, oh, it's that's five. five yards that's carry. five. Yeah. Uh, so let's say 16 for 70. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, that's four, four. So that's more kind of where I see him. Um, where he'll get, he's not going to break off a lot of long runs. He doesn't really do that. Um, but he'll get a lot, some decent chunk plays and then bash into the line a little bit. So, um, I think the line, the, 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 the Cleveland Browns line will actually help him out a lot. But in so far as, is he actually good? I don't, I, I, I don't know. He, he's more decisive, which helps when you have a really good, uh, blocking line because, you, if you see what's going on and you hit the hole, then things don't have a chance to collapse. So I don't know. Mike, what do you think? I think it just depends on the defense. Um, he's he's pretty limited with his one-cut running ability. And so if New England can fill the holes and the gaps quicker than Den- Denver can, then Dearness Johnson is just not going to be able to gain those those yards that he was capable of against Denver so it'll it'll be a heavy burden on the the Patriots defense to come up and um, make sure that Johnson doesn't get more than two or three yards but yeah I he's okay he's he's not going to be great but or you know anything he's he's two to you know RB2 RB3 on a depth chart Sounds good. Um, so, Walker, what do you want to talk for win, lose, or draw in this one? I've got Brandon Bolden, Jacoby Myers, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'm going to make Mike go first. Mm. Um, oof, this is a difficult one. Man, because I just want to say draw for all three of these guys. Um uh, I think Peoples Jones is going to be the loser of the group. Um, he's just way too reliant on long pass catching, and it's just not going to happen for him in this game. Uh, Myers, I'm going to go with the win. It's it's close. Does he score a touchdown? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he does not score a touchdown. Um, oh. And, but he'll catch, you know. Uh, I think he'll have a better game than than what his his last three or four games have been. Um, sure. So, and then Bolden, I just if Bolden gets to the start, then Bolden's the winner of this group. If he doesn't, then he just hasn't been very good at all um, outside of a couple of games. So I'll go with Bolden as the draw. No, as the loser. I'm sorry. No, it's a draw. You know, Jesus. People's Jones is, is the loser. This is your game, Mike. You can't, I know. <laughs> can't get the rules right. Um, People's Jones is the loser. Bolden is the draw. And Myers is the winner. Jeez. 
All right. So I'm going to go with uh, Myers as the draw because this is this is what a Jacoby Myers line looks like. Five for 52 to eight for 74. It's somewhere in there every yep. week. No, no touchdowns. That is what he will do. Wind him up and set him down. And that's what he will do. So he is the he is the perpetual draw. If there's ever a, J- a Jacoby Myers, I will call him the draw. I will call Donovan's people's jo- Donovan people's Jones singular. Um, I'm all worked up for making that clown meme. Sorry, guys. I'm amped up. Um, uh, singular. Uh, he will be the loser, I think, because, yeah, what Mike said, it's he's a very like deep play dependent player. And Brandon Bolden will be the winner because everybody on the depth chart is dead ahead of him. Yeah, I agree with Jeff. All right. So I so I I'm going back and forth on this one and Jeff's picking a tie. <laughs> I'm picking a if I pick a tie and win, I get ten points. Um I've gone Cleveland, New England, Cleveland, New England in the dock over and over. I'm gonna go. New England. I'm picking Cleveland. I'm going New England too, being at home. There we go. I'm I'm thinking uh you know, Mac Jones has been okay and so Baker. The guy, so the guy that's in the guy that's in first place is taking one team and the guys who are not in first place, i.e. the haters and losers, are taking the other the other team. So uh not a great look for you guys, gotta be honest. <laughs> You know what? Oh, you know what we forgot to say? I I would like to wish all the haters and losers a happy Veterans Day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying veterans are haters and losers. Look up the Trump 9-11 tweet. Yeah, the Trump tweet. That was just... Oh, jeez. I'd like to wish everybody a happy Veterans Day, even the haters and losers. Losers, yeah. They've been been very mean to me. (laughs) Oh, man. I know they don't. They, they don't. They haven't. They they don't like Trump, folks. They haven't. They haven't. Uh, they haven't been nice to to your big man. To your favorite president, which is yeah, <laughs> the best way that better man than ever Abraham Lincoln. The best way that man ever referred to himself was your favorite president. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, Buffalo and the Jets. This thing is off the rails. Um. Buffalo and the Jets. Buffalo five and three. The Jets two and six. This is a forty-seven and a half point over/under. Buffalo thirteen-point favorites. Um, injuries in this one. Tevin Coleman is, is going to be back in this game. I don't know why they're going to play him. Um, I'm not. That's not residual laughing at Trump. That is laughing at the prospect of them starting Tevin Coleman in this game. Um, Robert Sala said Corey Davis will play this week and, um, Zach Wilson is getting the pat on the head and say, why don't you just go sit over there for a little bit, buddy, and make sure your knee's okay. Um, for Buffalo, uh, Cole Beasley's, uh, ribs were messed up this week, but, uh, he is off the injury report. Dawson Knox, who has been out with a hand injury, does not have an injury designation, so he should be back. Uh, Zach Moss is questionable, still in the protocol for a concussion. Um, so it's Devin Singletary season. It's never Devin Singletary season. Um, yeah, no. But, I mean, he might be against the Jets. That's the thing. I told I, – I already said on – I said to Kev on Twitter that Singletary is going to have 13 for 41 and four catches for 26 yards. That sounds about right. So 10.7 points. So he'll be uh, – he'll, he's a flex 
Or, I was going to say, running back 27. Yeah, or a really low-end RB2. So, yeah, yeah that's that's what you're going to get. Yeah, buddy. All right, Mike, what is what do you want to talk about in this one? So, my question is, is Elijah Moore now startable? No, next question. No, next question. <laughs> you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Especially, I mean, this week, no, he's not startable against the literal best defense against opposing receivers. Not interested. Yeah, maybe in another game, Mike, but not this one. Okay. Is, is Mike going to come in with the suplex on top? He's like, well, actually, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills have allowed this, that, and the other. I mean, Done. not not this week, Mike. Okay. Fair I th- let, let me let me do this. Should Elijah Moore be on your roster given what we saw against? Yes. This? Yes. Should you start Elijah Moore this week? Probably no. not. Yeah, that's that's where I fall to. Um, I guess my my follow up question on that would be how many Jets players are you starting in this game? Nine zero. Yep, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I'm on I'm on team no Jets, so there is that. Well, yeah, so you can't actually do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm. This is the like I'll 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 let you in on how bad it is. I, Jeff's right, I am down bad right now because Saquon is on by, Henry's on IR, Edmonds is out. So um, one of my running backs is Daryl Williams. Uh, that's my set in stone running back is Daryl Williams. You're like, all right, let's go from there. And uh, then my RB2 slot will be filled by either Ty Johnson, the backup running back on the New York Jets, or J.J. Taylor, the fourth running back on the New England Patriots. Good Lord, man. Yeah, we're doing great, folks. It's really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Elijah Moore? I, I think he's definitely an up-and-comer. Um, he's getting a lot more active in the passing game. His points have increased in the last three weeks. Uh, each week, he's getting more and more points. Um, you guys do make a good point about Buffalo. There's top passing defense in the league. So I, I could... If you have Elijah Moore and you're excited by him, I could see him possibly in the flex and maybe, you know, but I, yeah, I think this will be a good test to see if he is going to be startable for the rest of the season. All right. All right. So Mike, who's your win, lose and draw for this one? My win, lose, draw, uh, Josh Allen, Michael Carter, Stefan Diggs. Uh, Michael Carter, easy lose for me. Just, I don't want to start any Jets, and I don't want to start any Jets against the Bills. So, no matter what happens, Mike, if you pick a Jet, he will be the loser. Um, <laughs> loser. Uh, yeah. I, but then it's, it's. I think Josh Allen will be a draw, and Stefan Diggs will be the winner. It'll be his big breakout game. Finally? Because the yeah, guy hasn't done I'm anything gonna- all season. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Carter as the loser, Diggs as a draw, and I'm gonna say Allen is the winner because I think that with Moss out and against a, a pretty bad football team, that they're gonna be in the red zone a lot and he's gonna run in one or two touchdowns. So I think that Allen's gonna have a really huge game. Okay, that's that works. I think it's Devin Singletary season, folks. No, you don't. <laughs> Well, now I'm just going to be oppositionally defiant and say, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Good. I hope to back you into the Devin Singletary corner. Oh, no. Uh, I almost. So, uh, Mike, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I was getting into it with 
friend of the show, uh, Kevin the Surgeon, about Joe Mixon. And I almost posted um, all of your Joe Mixon takes would also work for Brandon Cooks. And then I was like, oh, wait, he would just reverse that on me and be like, all of yeah. your Brandon Cooks takes would work on Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. <laughs> Got him. Uh, so Mike, who's I, winning I don't know this why one? he has such a love affair with Joe Mixon, but man, he Because does. he's on fantasy Twitter. Everybody on fantasy Twitter loves Joe Mixon and it doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. Yeah. Even in his say, own analysis about how I love I'm like, well, he's all touchdown dependent and Kev comes back and he's like, well, he's averaged a hundred hundred yards total a game. And I'm like, that's ten points. It's yeah, it's an RB twenty two. What are you talking about? Yeah, and yeah. and it's funny too, because it's yeah, it's it's well, I mean I, I love it, to be the anti Joe Mixon podcast by saying Joe Mixon is above average at football. Yes. <laughs> He is pretty good at football. Yeah, he's just like Joe, not as good as people want to make him out Joe, to be. Joe Mixon is a high-end RB2. Yes. And that is being anti-Joe Mixon somehow. Yep, Yeah. Exactly. that's right. And I say, and this is probably wrong because so much of ranks is dependent on touchdowns. So, uh, yes, a lot of touchdowns will jump you off the ranks. Like, James Conner's been running back three since week four. So, <laughs> yeah. And that man is bad at football. He just scores five for 22 and two touchdowns, man. Let's go. Oh man. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, while we're talking about it across the board, nobody's starting Joe Mixon this right this week, right? That's right. Yeah. You can't, can't Can't do it. Can't be playing in this week. He's not going to score any points. Yeah. (laughs) He'll outscore Sammy Watkins though. In my own. (laughs) What'd you say? Mike? Somehow, some way he might. He'll score a random touchdown in a random game. So, all right, Buffalo across the board, right? Yeah, Buffalo's winning. All right, let's go to Detroit and Pittsburgh. Uh, it's uh, Detroit, 0-8. Walker. Shut up. They go? No, I'm going to ask, honest opinion. How how many wins do you think this year? Two. Two? All right. Uh, no roasting, just curious. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, five and three. Uh, 42 and a half point over under. Pittsburgh, nine point favorites in this one. Chase Claypool has been ruled out for this one with his toe issue. He's out of here. He's out of here. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, no injury designation for his shoulder. Najee Harris with his foot, same deal. Eric Ebron is back in full practice. Um, but I don't care. It's Pat Fryermuth season. Um, for the Lions. Firemouth. Firemouth, right. baby. Jamal Williams uh, out this week. Um, he was out last week as well. Uh, Taylor Decker is likely to play his first game of this uh, season, which would move Panesuel back to the right side. So upgrade along the line. Um, Josh Reynolds is now a lion. So he's reunited with Jared Goff. So he can not throw to him on a second team. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, oh, oh, damn. That's bad. <laughs> Josh Reynolds is one of the guys that I hate because people tried to convince me that he was good. And I was like, please stop doing this. So now I now now I am oppositionally defiant about Josh Reynolds because last offseason. So Josh Reynolds, what, a sixth year pro this year? Last offseason, somebody was like, well, if you look at what he did in college, I was like, dude, if you look at what I did five years ago, I'm I'm much better, too. You know, I was in much I was much better five years ago. So. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, Walker. Yeah. You What do you want to talk about with this game? Nothing. Nothing. What are okay, All right. Uh, I will pick the Lions. No, no. yeah. Nothing. It, it's, uh, I, I put, well, Detroit's offense look different out of the bye because it kind of, like, I feel like that kind of has to be the case almost. And 
obviously there's no Jamal this week again and Josh Reynolds being on the team. But really the answer is not that much because the quarterback is so bad. I mean, Jared Goff either can't throw the ball down the field or is completely unwilling to do so. And so they pretty, you know, combine that with the fact that Anthony Lynn kind of tends to be more conservative as an OC to begin with. And this is just what it's going to be. So not really. It's not going to look that much different. Swift's still going to be really involved. Hawkinson's still going to be really involved. The receivers are still going to be not reliable. Goff's still going to be terrible. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be bad. All right, let's uh, – we really don't need to – I don't – like, I, I feel like it's – you know, I I don't Let's really feel like I need. Steelers. Yeah, Let's I feel like the I don't really feel like I need to throw before, it to you guys for get, insight. Before we get on Steelers, I'm I'm curious because I haven't been watching the the lines. Um, yeah, is how is Penesul doing? Uh, he had a kind. Of, he was pretty uneven like the first two or three games, and since then he's been quite good. Okay, cool. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. So real quick, here's my thought on the Lions. Uh, Dan Campbell is desperate for win. Dan Campbell is also not stupid. Dan Campbell went to his bye and probably went to the offensive coaches and said, our best players are DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and Amon Ross St. Brown. We need to focus on getting them the football because when we come back in these games, it's those guys that are doing it because it's not like the Lions have been getting habitually blown out every week. They have been close games. And yeah, Dan Campbell twice. What's that? They've gotten blown out twice in eight games. Yeah. yeah, they keep losing these heartbreakers. So, you know, Dan Campbell's probably looking at this like we are so close if we can just focus up this offense a little bit. So I think for fantasy purposes, I think your Lions that you would have are going to be better. So there we go. So let's talk about Pittsburgh. No Chase Claypool. How does that change this outcome for you guys? No Chase Claypool. No Juju Smith-Schuster. I think it's going to be a zillion passes to Najee Harris Pat Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson. And somebody on Twitter is going to say something stupid about uh, James Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's going to be like, Oh, it's James Washington day. I mean, Linda will say it like sarcastically because she's an Oklahoma state fan, but like she's allowed. Yeah. She's allowed to, to be a homer about that. Um, No, it's, I would say, yeah, Fryermuth's going to, he's been averaging just under seven targets a game. He'll probably get seven or eight targets in this one. Deontay Johnson's definitely getting double-digit targets. Um, Najee Harris is going to get a ton of touches, and that's pretty much the whole offense. So yeah, it's this one. It doesn't seem like it's going to be real hard to figure out like what's going to happen. It's just going to be who who does the thing better. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, Ray it's... Ray McLeod. <laughs> Ray Ray McLeod is a fun-ish gadget guy. Uh, is Darius Hayward Bay still there <laughs> or did oh. Ray McLeod take his spot? That's yeah, that's how, that's what happened. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, let's talk win, lose or draw. Um, Walker, okay. you're, yeah, I've got uh big Ben and then a couple tight ends, Hawkinson and Friar All right. I will say that Friar uh, continues his hot streak. So I guess that would be a win. Mm. I would say big Ben throws like 200 and, 25 yards and two touchdowns so that's the draw and i guess that would make hawkinson the lose mm. but i don't know hawkinson the uh, hawkinson and big ben are both draws no there's no lose oh nope. not how the game works there's no lose oh nope. um 
But then um, I'll call Big Ben the loser because even if he does Big Ben things, you're not going to want to start him. Sure. So he's the loser. That's fine, yeah. All right, Mike? I'm going to go Firemouth is the win, uh, Big Ben is the lose, and Hawkinson as the draw. I'm going with Hawkinson as the win, Big Ben as the draw, and Fryermuth as the lose. What? Yep, we're doing it. I think everybody's expecting him to be a top 10 tight end this week, and he's going to be outside the top 12. Ooh. Buddy. I'm throwing it down. I need that to not be true in several leagues. Well, Lions are tough against tight ends. They're that's 11. too bad. There we go. That's what I'm saying. Lions are actually not bad against tight ends. Tracy Walker's playing really well. Derek Barnes has been playing a lot better. Um, coming out of the bye, they're going to be focusing on him because, I mean, they, to be honest, there wouldn't really be a point in focusing on Deontay Johnson more than usual because they can't cover him anyway. All right. <clears throat> well, uh, I guess now I love uh, Pat Firemouth, which I do, honestly. Um Herms wrote an article about him this week. Uh, interesting stuff about, you know, what he's done and uh, where he's ranked and all that goodness. So uh, check out Pat, Pat Fryermuth um, in uh, Herms's article this week on footballabsurdity.com. Um, That's a, the website and, that this is on. Yep. A website that did not just randomly shut down its writing operations halfway through the season. Not to name any names. All right, boys. Uh, I think Pitt will blast off in this one. Last off, um, I'm going with uh, Pittsburgh is going to win on a last second field goal. <laughs> Why would you do this to yourself? I know. <laughs> I, I know who I know who I root for. <laughs> Ball right. goes the 65 yard field goal and he lines it up and it is good. And the nah, Lions go to 0 9. It, it won't be that. It won't be that horrifying. It'll be like it's going to be like 17 to 17 with a minute left and then Boswell's going to kick like a mid-length one like 41 yards or something. It'll just, be a, it, it, it'll just be a normal bad loss. Just Where it a regular off all the goalposts and it goes in. Nah, it'll just go through like normal. Like normal. Okay. <laughs> just an, I like how we're getting down to it, the form that the kick that the Lions are going to lose on is taking. <laughs> all right, uh Pittsburgh across the board. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike? Yeah. All right, Mike is taking the Lions. I'm going right. Lions, baby. Next game up, Tampa Bay is 6-2. and two. Washington is 2-6. and six. Um, In this one, it's a 51.5 point over under with uh, the Buccaneers as 9.5 point favorites. And in this one, uh, nobody is playing for the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> At all. Uh, A.B. out. Gronk out. Chris Godwin. Game time decision. Trending towards out. Yeah, he hasn't uh, practiced at all. He's 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 as doubtful as questionable gets. Yeah. Um, Scotty Miller might play. He's on IR with turf toe. Um, Gronk's back injury will, quote, be back to normal in two to three weeks. Jeez. So, um, yeah, if you're like me, you've been carrying Rob Gronkowski. That's not what you want to hear. Um, I have to go to this over under has got to go down. There's no way it's going to be 51 and a half points with with all these players out. 
I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But I mean, but at the same time, Mike, uh, Tampa Bay did sign Brashad Perriman. So, well, there you go. Well, they brought him back. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Perriman's best season was with Tampa Bay. Reverse revenge game when they bring you back. Um, yeah. So, that's uh, what, fourth re- team on the game. year? Yeah, reunited game. What'd you say? Uh, fourth team? Let's see. Brashad Perriman was a lion. And then and where was it? And a bear. So, third team. I think team, it's I third think. team. Yeah. yeah. I think he was. With someone before the the Lions. No. No, because the Lions signed him. No, in we pre-season. signed him in like May. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. Uh, yeah, don't you remember Mike us being like, I think it'll be Tyrell Williams. No, I think it'll be Rashad. Rashad Berryman. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I, I definitely remember <laughs> before before the preseason and training camp started being like, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm actually weirdly confident Rashad Perriman <laughs> being our number one receiver, and then like three days into practice people were like oh yeah Brashad Perriman's getting cut like this dude yeah. can't do anything yeah no we had a spirited debate about two guys who are no longer in the Lions being their their leading receiver no, Tyrell Williams is on the Lions he's just on IR no they cut him with an injury designation oh they did oh yeah. well I didn't see that so yeah. whatever doesn't matter um <laughs> yeah this so I'm I'm just going to introduce Jeff's question because I feel like it all right. <laughs> Jeff's question is, which Tampa Bay receiver steps up with Gronk, A.B., and Godwin out? Mike Evans, next question. Correct. It's not Tyler Johnson. It's his Tyler, team. yeah, because the other the other two starters are going to be Tyler Johnson and uh, Jalen Darden. And then Cyril Grayson? Cyril. Cyril Grayson, baby. Yeah, so the the reason I brought this up. And, Why did you uh, make Mickens. me want to eat a bunch of Fruit Loops? Cyril Grayson? I don't know. Yeah. But it, that is a, a very um, cartoon or uh, serial cartoon name, Cyril Grayson. Um, but hold on, Walker got ahead of my Washington football team injury news. Uh, no Logan Thomas, no Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson limited in practice with the shin. All right, uh, yes, it will be Mike Evans. And people are like, oh, go get Tyler Johnson. But here's the thing. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to zone in on one wide receiver who is very good. It is going to be Mike Williams. After that. Mike Williams? Mike Evans. This MF said Mike Williams? I, Walker, you didn't see the trade? You didn't see the trade? I'm not or, or alternately, uh, Mike Williams is coming out of retirement. For yeah, the, that that Mike Williams. <laughs> that Mike Williams. Three Mike um, Williamses ago. Yeah, it'll just be all the Mike Williams will be on one team now. Um, no, it'll be Mike Evans because um, Brady's going to go with the guy that he knows. This is like why people are trying to be like last year. Oh, Scotty Miller. They, you know, that that fits the mold of who he wants to throw to. It's like, no, he will find a guy and just pepper him with targets. And that's going to be Mike Evans. And people are hyping Tyler Johnson. And it's equally likely to be Jalen Darden or Cam Brate, if we're being honest, or O.J. Howard. Um, yep. Then as the number two guy. So, like, don't go or, out of your way. Or Leonard get- Fournette will just get nine targets. Yeah. Or Gio Bernard. I mean, we've seen this story before. Gio Bernard got 10 targets in a game this year when the Buccaneers were down bad with injuries. So it's it's like, I don't know. I just brought this up because people are like, everybody on Twitter is like Tyler Johnson season. And that's when you know things are going to go wrong. Is when everybody's on the same marginal player. Yep, definitely. All right. So um, for my win, lose, or draw, I wanted to talk about the um, Tampa, I'm sorry, the uh, Washington passing game and run game 
with Antonio Gibson, technically, though. I don't know how much running he's going to do. Um, sorry, the Mike Williams thing has got me. It's got me spinning, boys. Uh, I got him. Yeah, Walker did get me because I was like, wait, did I say Mike? Like, I honestly couldn't remember if I said Mike Williams or not. You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, RSJ for win, lose, or draw. And Mike, I realize I did not get your input on who steps up for uh, Tampa Bay. Mike's going to be like, Tyler Johnson. And be like, well, that's a good point, Mike. <laughs> Ronald Jones. I mean, it could be. Donald Rones. Donald Rones. Yeah, I got owned because I said I've never seen such a slavish devotion to a player uh, since Damian Williams about Preston Williams. And somebody just sent me a Rojo tweet. And I was like, all right, well, I've been owned. Thank you. So, got Mike, him. yeah, Mike, who steps up? Who steps up? Uh, In Tampa Bay. Is it just Mike Evans? Gio- Giovanni Bernard will, yes. will have a big role. I had to pick him up and start him in our in our uh, FA Writers League. So let's go. The one the one that I'm in third place in, and uh, none of the other people who are big time members of the website are in playoff position. Wait, I'm sorry. Um, I thought I beat you a couple weeks ago. Didn't that oh, happen? You did. You, you oh, okay, that, I was just making sure. No, no, you definitely did. But okay, uh, so yeah, that raised you from what tenth to eighth. Uh yes. And didn't <laughs> drop me at all, and I'm third now. Uh, fine. You know what? Fine. Walker, you can have it. Somebody else needed to win this league. And I would just like to point out, I lost last week by less than one point. So, Oof. okay. That is bad. Yeah. I would have been in fifth if I had won that game. So. All right. So All right. Um, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson and RSJ win, lose or draw. Antonio Gibson loss because he's banged up and Tampa's run defense is great. Uh, Terry McLaurin win because Tampa's pass defense is not great. And McLaurin has shredded bad defenses this year. It's mm-hmm. he's been become a pretty easy player to predict when he plays a bad defense. He goes off when he plays a good defense. He's whatever. Um, and that's mostly because his quarterback is really bad. Um, and then Ricky Seals Jones is your draw. Uh, he's going to be fine. He'll have a typical Washington football team tight end game. Um, like five catches for 40 yards. Sounds about right. Um, all right, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Walker. Karen McLaurin is just going to beast it this week. Uh, Antonio Gibson, you can't trust at all. So that's a loss. And then RSJ is pretty much who we, you know, who he is, what we thought he was, RSJ. All right. We let, are we, we, let, are we, we let him off the hook. Robbie. We, let, we let him off the hook. Would we start J.D. McKissick in this game? Yeah, I would. Flex would you start J.D. Me? McKissick over Antonio Gibson? Uh, I would. Yeah. There you go. That, I that's what I was hoping to hear. McKissick over Antonio Gibson because I'm hoping that that Tampa Bay defense finally wakes up against the run and that isn't becoming more and more of a sieve as the weeks have gone by. Yeah, Levante I, David being back is going to fix it. That's what I was going to say. Was well, I, he was, I think he was back two weeks ago before their bye, and they were uh, he was He wasn't 100. There you go. That That's the built-in excuse for when a guy comes back. <laughs> All right. I, I, I like it. I like it. I need any hope because I have Washington, I mean, Tampa Bay's defense for my home league, and I need these points this week. There you go. Um, I need these points. I need them. Yeah, so... Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad you guys said that you would bench Antonio Gibson. I would not bench him this week. Do you know why? Because I didn't draft him anywhere. Got him. Got him. Got him, folks. Um. So who wins? Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think Washington covers, but Tampa wins. It'll be closer. Um. Actually, I don't know. Uh. Yeah, because Terry McLaurin's gonna have like 180 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So that'll, think, that'll bring it closer. I think it'll be like 27 to 23 or something. Okay, Mike. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think Tom Brady, he'll figure it out. You, he, you could pretty much put any street free agent as a wide receiver, and Brady will figure it out. So, I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, it's Tom gonna Br- be a close one though. I think, I think all these numbers favored by nine and a half and over under are going to change. All right. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, actually, let me, let me see if these have changed since Wednesday. So give me one sec. Let me, let me pull up the, uh, the place where I get the over unders from. So is let's it see. Vegas insider. No, it is. Uh, this little website called ESPN.com. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's, I, that's an interesting I, name. Is that yeah, French? Uh, I think it's actually, uh, it's uh, Spanish. It's S pen. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, I think they get their stuff from Caesars. I think they yeah, get from Yeah, probably. The, yeah, so let me see. Buccaneers are still nine and a half point favorites, but the lines moved to 51. I don't know. That's weird because it's weird for Tampa Bay to not, for the game to not get any closer, considering Tampa Bay is going to be without like three of their top four weapons, though Gronk was probably not going to play anyways when they made the line. So I don't um, think they expected AB to play when they made the line either. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about AB as an existing injury. So, I think yeah. he was doubt or doubtful. So. Yeah, he, he was not expected to play anyway this week. So That's true. He was still in a walking boot this week. Um, true. Though I broke my ankle, and the day I got the cast off, I played in a basketball game. So junior high basketball is the exact same as the NFL. So get it together, uh, Antonio Brown. Guys, yeah, I, just Brown. I just thought about this. Antonio Clown got him. Got, I'm wow. <laughs> all right boys uh let's go to the afternoon games carolina and arizona carolina four and five arizona eight and one this is a 44 point over under arizona 10 and a half point favorites uh carolina panthers uh they have a new quarterback it's the same as the old quarterback it's cam newton he's back cameron, folks. cameron newton has returned yeah. He's back. He's probably not going to play this weekend, according to Matt Rule. Sam Darnold went on IR. That means it's P.J. Walker in this one. Fire uh, him up. I, I would not recommend doing that, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, would, no, I would say please don't, don't, do not fire up P.J. Walker. I mean, um, how bad is P.J. Walker if they have to go get a bad Cam Newton off the street to say, okay, you're better than him? I mean, yeah. P.J. Walker is. He's just, not good. He's just awful. He is he for you to be a clear downgrade to Sam Darnold. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, not only it, that, but also the um, Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton's probably worse than Sam Darnold. I don't uh, know about that. I don't know about that either. I still, a, I still think Cam is better than what Darnold has shown, but it's not by a lot. I mean, it's not like Cam's great anymore. Yeah, it's it, it's it's. It's an argument to to ha- be had, but I think we're just showing up on different sides of it. Sure. Yeah. Um. 
Christian McCaffrey has no injury designation, so there's some good news for Carolina. Uh, some bad news, they still have Robbie Anderson. Um, and more bad news, take a shot at who their backup quarterback is this week because Cam Newton's probably not playing. Uh, can I have a hint? Mike White. Uh, hold on, let me let me double check real quick because uh, I just want to confirm his college. Uh, USC. Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. Oh. Woo! Yeah, I thought it was USC, but it was eight years ago he got drafted. So I was like, oh, man, am I, am oh, I going to oh, wrong about this? Um, for the Cardinals, um, Rondale Moore with a neck and concussion is a game-time decision. DeAndre Hopkins with a hamstring is a game-time decision. Kyler Murray with his ankle is a game-time decision. Uh, little baby bucks out here in Arizona. Could you imagine losing to this team without these guys? Um, AJ Green got activated off the COVID list. Um, and no uh, Chase Edmonds. He is going to be out for four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. So um, the question in this one is, uh, Walker wants to know, does PJ Walker revive DJ Moore season? No. Next question. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, well, I agree that PJ Walker is bad. I don't think it can get a whole lot worse for DJ Moore than it was the last few weeks with Darnold at quarterback. And I feel like Walker could vapor lock onto Moore a bunch, being the number one receiver. Um, but I no, it's stay away from DJ Moore until further notice. I mean, he's he's not even a top twenty four guy right now, and I don't really see that changing. All right, Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I mean, unless the Cam Newton that. Um, I think he is, is then DJ Moore is definitely not playable at all this season. Um, unless you're in a very kind of weird bind, but um, if, you know, we'll see what happens with Cam Newton and, and DJ Moore, but at this time I would not start him at all. Okay. Um, my thoughts are in a three wide receiver PPR league, you might be able to use him as a flex. Um, so that, that, that gives the, uh, upside here. I think this is going to be a million targets to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I think it's going to be PJ Walker, just using Christian McCaffrey as a release valve, our boy, Thomas Tremble, um, who still has more touchdowns in America than, uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. I'd like to point that out. Um, in America, he in says, America. to yeah. exclude the London game on purpose. That's right. Walker. That's exactly why I did it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Well, they well at, at the very least they have the same amount of total total touchdowns. That's fair. Yeah. Wait. Uh, did Kyle Pitts score two touchdowns? Kyle Pitts has two touchdowns, I believe, on the year. Uh, no, Kyle Pitts has one touchdown on the Just year. He has not. Touchdown? He has not scored a touchdown in America. Yeah. Yep. So just just keep that in mind next year when you do drafts. You could get Kyle Pitts or Tommy Tremble. Um, all right. I'm so I'm at the thought of being forced to play Tommy Tremble. I have him in. I have him in at least one dynasty league. Well, you have like, to at this point. It's like thirty some. I drafted him though. It's like thirty something man rosters, and I was like, you know what? This is good for the bit. Yeah. Is uh, is Kyle Pitts a blob tight end? No. 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 You sure. He gets way too many targets to be a blob tight end. So Walker, okay. I kind of talked about. But that's about true. This. But look at the points he's put up. I mean, yeah. I, I, 
But I think uh, touchdown, I think positive touchdown regression is coming though. So Mike, well, how long uh, are you going to wait until he's not until you're convinced otherwise or whatever? I mean, I if you look at the numbers, I mean, outside of those targets and stuff, you can say he's a uh, blob tight end with upside maybe, but it's still a blob tight end, right? So Walker and I actually talked about this this week, and I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted your opinion on it because we asked a question like, what makes somebody get out of the blob? Like, what is the difference between a blob tight end and like a Dallas Goddard or a Noah Fant who are like back end not or top end blob slash non blob players? And kind of what we came down to was if Kyle Pitts has three bad weeks or Dallas Goddard has three bad weeks, you're not going to drop him and look somewhere else. And that's kind of like what blob tight ends are is they're very interchangeable. And yeah, like if. Like, for example, if, uh, you know, even if Dawson Knox had three bad weeks in a row, you'd be done. Yeah, get him but out of if, there. Or Dalton Schultz. But if Kyle Pitts has three bad weeks in a row, you know, I don't know if necessarily you would feel like you needed to start him, but he's not a guy that anybody's going to be, like, just getting rid of. Yeah, and but it is a valid question, though. Because his name and his production have been very yeah. mismatched. Exactly. And that, that's sort of what my point was going to be is mm-hmm. that you, it's because of the name that you don't really want to, you, you don't want to really let go of. Um, yeah. And Kyle Pitts definitely has that name. So, uh, okay. Well, yeah. When, I, mean, when, I, I understand him being part of the blob for some, for like you, if you want to drop him down there, but it, it, it's, he's getting close. He's like a Fanta or a Goddard. Or it's, it's it's teetering between must start and blob. So when do we? What week do you think is you you could say officially Kyle Pitts is a blob if he just maintains status quo? Let's see. So he's tied in seven right now. Um, most of that is on the back of two games. And uh, let me pull up his schedule. So he's got Dallas, New England, and Jacksonville. So I would say if it's got to be past Jacks, I mean, I would because New England, you wouldn't he, you'd expect them to key on him. So he wouldn't necessarily yeah. be that good of a game. Who does he have after Jacksonville? Tampa Bay. OK, if he had like two bad games in a row against Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, then I think you're thinking about Bob. Yeah. So here's the thing, too. So he gets he gets um, I would say if he does not perform against the Jags and is kind of like scuffling over the next few weeks. I would I would call him a blob guy, but at the same time he's a blob guy going against a bad pass defense in week 13. So you'd still be starting him. But then if he performs bad against the Bucks, I mean Carolina has had a good defense because they traded for every malcontent cornerback uh, in the league. And then the Niners have their the one thing they've been good against this year is tight ends. So you could be in a situation where you're in week 15, it's week one of your playoffs, and you're thinking about maybe not starting Kyle Pitts. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's definitely a question, Mike. He's not he's not he separated himself from like uh, Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle, Waller, Kelsey for me. But for sure. he has, yeah, he has a, he he's more in the Goddard fan range where you're like you look at the score and you're like, eh. like you're not like get this guy off my team. You're just like, oh come on, get, come on, dude, get it together. So it is a valid question. It is you just you just walked into a discussion that Walker and I had on Wednesday. So it's like uh so yeah, we we kind of had this discussion. So I'm glad you asked. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So what 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 would you think, Mike? Cuz you asked us, I'm curious on your thoughts. Well, I think I mean, if 
if if he doesn't move the needle, I mean, he could have like one good game and, you know, it will be like, oh, well, he's Kyle Pitts and that's what we thought he was. But if you're looking at, say, three or four games, if he doesn't really move that needle from a tight end, what is he? You said um, seven. If if he's a tight end seven still um, or below after the next three games, then I, I say he's, he's definitely a blob. I think he's blob now, but um, I, I could he definitely has upside. So that makes the point of me saying he's not officially blob. But after three games, if he's a tight end seven or below, then I would say um, blob tight end. Yeah, because here's the, here's the thing too, and and you know, uh, we've we've uh, this is a good in depth discussion, and then we'll move on in just a sec. But um, with a blob tight end, it's like, well, what are you what are you replacing him with? And if the answer is like, I'll find someone, it's hard to find someone with as much upside as Kyle Pitts, you know. So I think that's that that's the thing that distinguishes him, kind of like Goddard and Fant too, where it's like, yeah, if you're having a bad day, am I really gonna drop? Kyle Pitts for Dan Arnold like is that something that I could stomach doing you know I think that's I think that's where the difference between a non-blob tight end and a blob tight end comes in because it's like it's like I cut I I was so excited about Zach Ertz I cut Zach Ertz for Dan Arnold without a second thought this week you know and again I think that's the name as well Um, yeah I mean it could be the name and if you have Kyle Pitts it's the investment too right exactly you know for sure because he was drafted a lot earlier than what he really should have been I mean, he was a tight end three in some drafts, which, come on, Aaron, what are you doing? Yeah, that was crazy. Some people actually had him tight end two. NBC Edge guy had him as a tight end two, and I'm like, um, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's going to work out for you, bro. Yeah, and and the pe- reason people put him at three was because um, it gave them, if, if we're going to be honest here, it gave them the shot at being 50% correct because they put them over him over Hawkinson and Andrews. So... Odds are one of those guys would have a better season than Kyle Pitts, but then they could just point to the other guy and be like, look what I did. I was smarter because I didn't draft this guy. I drafted Kyle yeah, Pitts. Exactly. Pe- people were doing that with Mark Andrews until he had his big blow-up game, and then people were doing it with Kyle uh, TJ Hawkinson until he reestablished himself as a better option than, than Kyle Pitts. And now they've been very quiet. Yep. I mean, guys, if, if we... I just pulled it up, and this is very bad. Uh, he has three top 12 games this year. Kyle Pitts mm. does. Mm. Three. And we're, in, you know, we're, we're going into week 10. Hawkinson has five. Andrews has, well, Andrews is going to have an extra game. But um, Andrews has four. Hawkinson has five. Pitts has three. Um, hold on. Let me check one more top end, tight end. Uh, Tommy Tremble has one. <laughs> there so, you go. So, uh, all right, let's let's roll this back to talking about this game. Let's. I think we've talked. How did we get on Kyle Pitts? That was my fault. <laughs> I realize we're talking about Carolina and Arizona. Um, let's talk about the Cardinals. Um, everybody's hurt, but uh, Walker, your question is about uh, the the Carolina. I already asked this question. Oh, you did? Yeah. I got completely lost uh, lost in this uh, in this Kyle uh, Pitts, this so Kyle Pitts discussion. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, it will be uh, James Conner will win, Christian Kirk will draw, and DJ Moore will be a big loser, baby. I agree. Okay, what? so that that's uh, okay. DJ Moore and not Rondell Moore. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Okay. Um, Does it make a difference? That, that's more, that's think, I'm more interested in hearing if that makes a difference. Uh, probably not. I think DJ Moore and Rondell Moore probably have the same amount of outcome, but I think that Rondell Moore has a bigger, a higher ceiling than than DJ Moore does. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Connor number one is going to win. Uh, draw will be Kirk and loser is Moore. Okay. Alrighty. Um, I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yep. Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next one. The next game is the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, I, I'm really impressed by, by the way, I was just thinking about it, our ability to go on a tangent about a player on a different team. It happens like once a week. <laughs> we go on this long tangent about a guy <laughs> not even in the game we're talking about. Oh, all right. Uh, Minnesota and the Chargers, 53 point over under. Chargers, two and a half point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. Uh, on the Chargers, Keenan Allen popped up as questionable this week. Uh, limited in both Thursday and Friday practices, but he's supposed to play. It's a knee issue. Uh, Joey Bosa, ankle issue. Uh, he is questionable. Uh, Sante Samuel cleared from concussion protocol. Justin Jackson still not practicing. So I guess if you are handcuffing Austin Eckler for injury concerns right now, it's Joshua Kelly, even though he is not good at football. Um, for the Vikings, uh, Anthony Barr did not practice on Thursday. I don't see anything about Friday, but he didn't practice on Wednesday either. So um, he may or may not be playing this week. We don't know. Um, Dalvin Cook, uh, we kind of touched on this. Um, uh, he is still playing. That's all we'll, that's all we'll say about it. I, I think that we don't have the grounds to really discuss this in depth. So he is playing. That's all we need to know for our purposes. And, um, I will say it because we can say this word on the uh, regular feed. Uh, Adam Schefter continues to show his whole ass, all of it. Um, I, Mike, I hate this guy. I know you were down on Adam Schefter and I have come around to your side. Um, it's been years, years. Mike's been like, I hate Adam Schefter. Ever it's since he released that, that um, Andrew Luck news in the middle of the game. Um, yeah, it was, it's been, yeah, he's just not, He's not reputable. He's just not a good dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right. Uh, got lost here. So let's talk about uh, Mike. Adam Schefter. Let's talk about Adam Schefter. Let's talk about Adam, Adam Schefter. I don't think Adam Schefter scores any fantasy points in this game. But, Mike, your question is about Dalvin Cook. And um, it's actually an interesting question because it's been sneakily quiet on this front this year. Yeah. Uh, is Dalvin Cook just an RB2 for the rest of the season? So for 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 reference, um, in half PPR right now, he's averaging 13.6 points per game, which is RB 17 on the year. Um, we'll call it RB 16 because RB 10 is Jordan Howard on a per game basis. <laughs> so we'll call him <laughs> RB 16. Um, it's this year's. Uh, who was the guy last year on the Bills who had what? He had one good game and he showed up in all of uh, the per game stats for the rest of the year, uh, all off season. Antonio Williams. Jordan Howard is the new Antonio Williams. But, um, Mike, I kind of think that's what he is right now. I mean, 
it, he has not had a lot of touchdowns. And I think that that's the problem is, is that he's lacking touchdowns, but he's getting a ton of yards. Like, yep. but the problem is, is he has like two or three touchdowns on the year. Like, um, so I, I want to say touchdown regression will come for him, but I'm not so sure at this point because he's averaging just about a hundred yards per game, just over, but he has two touchdowns on the air. So it's, you know, he could have a three touchdown game and is all of a sudden, you know, a top 12, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and with this stuff hanging over him, I'm not entirely sure, you know, he's going to be in the right headspace. And I'm looking, he has, uh, Nine carries inside the 10 this year, no targets. So that's an interesting thing. Wow, that is really interesting because usually that's where he kind of thrives is um, getting the targets or getting the carries inside that goal line area and getting touchdowns from it and no targets is very strange. Yeah, and he had nine, nine carries this year. Five of them were last week against Baltimore. So. I think that when they get in around the goal line, this has, speaks to the tight endification of Adam Thielen. He's become very good at doing things that like classic Jimmy Graham would do, but smaller. Like he boxes his man out. He just gets the ball. So it makes more sense to throw the ball than to run the ball when you get in, get in short. So, I mean, the touchdowns might not come. Like we've talked for years about touchdown regression for DJ Moore, and it's just the offense isn't built in a way that is conducive to him getting touchdowns. It might be, this current iteration of the Vikings isn't conducive to Dalvin Cook getting goal line opportunities. Yeah, um, but it, and it hasn't at all this year. Uh, unfortunately, it's not even. I mean, you could even assume, okay, well, if you look at his numbers and you're like, okay, well, he's probably been hurt. Well, he hasn't even been hurt. Uh, it's just there's no touchdowns out of a guy who who scores so many touchdowns over the last couple of years. Uh, multiple double-digit touchdowns, and it's dropped all the way down to the basement. <laughs> he was, like, in, at the top of the penthouse, and the floor is collapsed, and he's fallen all the way through, and now is just laying on his back in the basement. You know, I wonder if this is a side effect of Kevin Stefanski going to um, Cleveland two years ago, because – or before 2020, because – in 2019, he had 32 rush attempts inside the 10. Um, and then last year, which they were just said, yeah, we're just going to do the same thing that Kevin Stefanski did. He had 35. And now this year, they're kind of doing their own thing. You know, they're they're getting away from the Stefanski mold, and he has nine um, in uh, six games. So that comes out to like 23 over the course of a whole season, I think. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, it might be a situation where um, – yeah, they they just um don't don't have it in them to to do it this year because of the way that the offense is set up. Walker, what are your thoughts? Uh yeah, I I'm just uh I mean, I think I I, I do think Minnesota's going to win this game. Mhm. Um I I like uh I I like Cook in this one. Um it's clearly not going to be the season we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's it's just not. Um, and obviously, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a weird situation with Alvin right now. That's probably all I should say on that. Um, yeah, um, I think Minnesota's run offense should be 
pretty good in this one. And I think that that, I think their offense in general will be good. And that's why I think that they're going to eke this one out. Um, not that the Chargers are a bad team or anything, but um, Vikings are just not, they're also not a bad football team. They've just been pretty unlucky this year. So yeah, should be a close one. I'm going to take Minnesota. All right. Um, well, we'll get that out of the way too, Mike. Who do you think is going to win? I'm 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 going to take the Chargers in this, and then I think as we were talking, it sort of maybe the change in in the and what Dalvin Cook's down in the red zone could could be the fact that uh, Kubiak Clint Kubiak is now the offensive coordinator and not not his dad Gary, uh-huh. uh, and maybe that's one of the things that Clint thought would be something he'd like to add to to it um but and again you could just make the question of why would you want to take the ball away from your probably your best talented player i mean justin jefferson um can make that case too but it could be well we want to throw more um around the goal line and that's what clint kubiak changed um from his dad i don't know um but i yeah i, I think chargers win this game and then um my win, loser, draw is Cook, Keenan Allen, or Michael Williams. So, despite everything I just said, I do think Cook is the winner in this game. Uh, Chargers have allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs per game over the last five weeks. Um, so, they have been a sieve. Um, they've been dealing with some injuries, but they're still banged up. So, I think this might be a get-right game for Dalvin Cook. Um, we'll see. Um, and then for my loser, I will go Mike Williams. Um, it, they have to figure out how they're going to use him because they went back to old Mike Williams. So old Mike Williams production has shown up. So it's not reliable after they were absolutely crushing teams or he was crushing teams earlier this year with different usage. And Keenan Allen's a draw because every week Keenan Allen gets 10 catches for 100 yards. That's just what he does. I agree. Cook win. Williams L. Alan draw. All right, and Mike. I'm I'm debating between Mike Williams and and Cook here. I, you, you guys are nailed it about how bad that Chargers defensive front is in stopping the run. They were just mm-hmm. atrocious, uh, and one of the league's worst. I think they're 29th um, against the run. So. But I think Mike Williams has one of those days. It's been multiple weeks since he's had that that six for 102 kind of game. Um, I, I'm going to go. I, I agree. Um, I want to say Mike Williams is the winner in this, but I I, I just can't. I think Cook um, and a Keenan Allen, typical, and Mike Williams is a loser. Wow. Colin. Mike Williams a loser? He's a loser. I'm gonna, tell, I'm gonna tell Mike Williams he said that. And he will say, Who is Mike Valverde? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, so, he knows who Mike Valverde is. They all that, know who Mike that, is. All all the mics know. You guys saw him you, you saw him at the Mike meeting. We're we're, right. we're we're Club Mike. Yeah. Club Mike. All right. So uh me and Mike have the Chargers. Walker has the Vikings. Just to recap. So let's go ahead and move on to Philadelphia. And Denver, this is a uh, Philly team that is three and six, a Denver team that is five and four, uh, 44 and a half point over under Denver, two and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one. Um, 
I guess the first thing, and this is breaking, somewhat breaking news, Pat Shermer uh, has COVID, will not be coaching uh, the Broncos offense. He's their OC against the Eagles, so that's something to uh, keep in mind. Tim Patrick uh, was limited in practice, is expected to play. Um, Albert O uh, returned to practice uh, after missing Wednesday with a knee injury. Uh, Noah Fant is going to be off of the COVID IR for this week. And um, that is it for the Broncos. For the Eagles, uh, Devon Smith uh, was upgraded to full on Thursday's practice with an elbow issue um, after being limited in practice on Wednesday. And this is what you do not want to hear. This is the one thing that we did not want to happen. Um, Nick Sirianni said he, quote, has to make Howard a permanent part of the offense, even after Miles Sanders gets back. So imagine a world where Jordan Howard, uh, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott all get five touches per game. I'm, I'm kind of confused on why he needs to make Jordan Howard a permanent part of this offense. Because uh, Nick Sirianni is a sleeper agent sent out by the Colts to ruin a team in the league. That's the only explanation. Couldn't Sirianni then go to an AFC team? Couldn't they have gone to Tennessee? Because that, that would have been just perfect. But no, I mean, okay. Sirianni, you do you, man. You do you. You do you. So my question for this game is, uh, what is going on with this Philly RB room? <laughs> can we start any of them this week? Like, Gainwell? Yes, you can start Jordan Howard. Ugh. Yeah, I think you can start Jordan Howard, in fact. Because he has to be a greater part of this offense? That's correct, yeah. He's getting a ton of carries. It's, it's dumb and weird, but it's happening. So you might as well take advantage of the fact that it's happening. Um, and then I, I think Hertz can move the ball down the field as well as just through his running capability. And they're going to just hand it off to Howard and Howard's going to, and Howard's looked okay. I mean, he's looked better than he did in Miami by a long shot uh, and is getting the touchdowns. And so, yeah, like Walker said, you have that volume from him getting the carries and Jalen Hurts sort of moving the ball, able to, you know, get those touch or first downs with by running and I, I setting up Howard for a touchdown or so this week. So, yeah, I, I agree. Okay, so I just want to stop really quick. I need you guys to mark the time. It is 3.21 p.m. on November 12th. Mike said a good thing about Jalen Hurts. Oh, that's right. I did. <laughs> he can make first downs. <laughs> Mike said a good thing about Jalen Hurts, everybody. Mark it down. Um, yeah, I the Philly running back room, yeah, it's. I guess it's Jordan Howard, but you can't feel good about it. Like, it's that sort of situation where you're like, okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. feels good I, about I, Jordan I, Howard. Yeah. I'm saying this week. I mean, once Miles Sanders comes back, the answer is no. You can't start any of them. Yeah, it's it's going to be, like I said, imagine a world where each of them gets five touches per game, and that, yeah. that might be the future. And that I, world I is, is. Uh, annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. So um, we're starting Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant. We kept talking about that. We are starting. Are we starting Jalen Hurts? Uh, Not against this defense. Uh, he's fringe. Fringe starter. Fringe. Okay. Um, obviously not Teddy Bridgewater. And then uh, let's talk about the passing game. So there's really three main guys to talk about in the wide receiver room. So that's my win, loser, draw. Uh, Devonta Smith, Eagles, and then Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the Broncos. Yeah, I will go. I'll go with Cortland Sutton as the loser just because right now he's not. I mean, we, as of as of now, the uh, 
the Broncos' offensive minds haven't figured out a way to throw the ball to both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton in a game. So I, I, I don't understand why they have such problems just, like, running plays to get Cortland Sutton the ball when Jerry Judy plays, but it's something they're incapable of doing. So um, Sutton's taking a back seat right now. I will say Judy is the draw, and I'll give Devontae Smith the win in this one because I think a lot of people are figuring that against Denver he's going to have a bad game, and I think he'll have a pretty good game. Okay. Uh, Mike, what are you thinking? I think Denver's defense against quarterback is brutal. So Devontae Smith is the loser, and Cortland Sutton is the draw because he'll just do what he normally does, catch three passes for 50 yards. And Jerry Judy will be the winner by getting much more targets and receptions and just be his fantastic PPR self. Okay. So um, I think it's going to be a down week for Cortland Sutton. I'll give him the lose because, like Walker said, they cannot figure out how to, like, get the ball to both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Like, somebody needs to go into um, their their scheming whiteboard and write Jerry instead race where it says Jerry Judy slash Cortland Sutton and put a plus in there. Cause they just, they're like, Oh yeah, Cortland Sutton will keep him in reserve for him. Jerry Judy gets hurt again. Um, I think I, it's like the Eagle. It's like the Eagle dilemma where you see Miles Sanders coming back and he's getting five carries or the Ravens running back dilemma where each get like five to seven carries. The Broncos are the same way. You got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. And then throw in Doss, um, Knox, I mean, not Knox, but um, the tight end and Alberto. And yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, so I will go win Jerry Judy, lose Cortland Sutton, draw Devonta Smith. I think he'll just have just an okay game. Um, so I think that's it for this one. I'm trying to think, is there anything else to talk about? Denver wins. I agree. Philly wins. Philly wins. Hey. You love Jalen Hurts almost as much as Mike does. Uh, almost. I That's think right. he might. All right. Next game. Green Bay at C. I'm sorry. Seattle at Green Bay. Got that backwards. Seattle three and five. Green Bay seven and two. Forty nine and a half point over under Green Bay. Three point favorites in this one. Uh, David Bakhtiari was activated from the pup list uh, as a procedural thing, and he has been listed as doubtful to play this weekend. So uh, come on, Bakhtiari. Get back. Aaron Jones needs you. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers needs him, too, because he's taking no other precautions to protect himself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Rodgers says there is a, quote, small possibility he won't play in week 10 against the Seahawks. That was three days ago, and I've seen nothing else because the whole NFL mediascape has been taken over by Odell Beckham, which we will get to in two games. And um, that's really it for the Packers that I'm seeing here. So let's go ahead and move on to the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, pins out of his finger. He is expected to play this weekend, and he says his health is in the 90th percentile, which is why does Russell Wilson talk this way? He is so weird. Um, tweeted out pictures that no more pin, time to win. Um, just a very weird guy. Like, that's one of the things, like, being in the NFC West, I'm just always exposed to how weird this man is. I'm just like, what are you doing? Um Chris Carson not expected to play this week. Um, 
against the Packers. He uh, is, I believe he's on IR, so he doesn't have an official designation. Um, they don't have to make one because he's not on the active roster. Um, and uh, same with D. Eskridge, but he is expected to play. So a uh, second round rookie, um, the, I guess he's been a better pick than both Aaron Banks and Tutu Atwell at this point out of second round picks made by um, NFC West team. So Walker, what do you want to talk about in this game? Will the return of Russ save Seattle's season? Can are they going to turn it around? I mean, we're, they weren't doing that great with Russ. I think I, they're 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 reminding me a lot of like uh, what uh, the Chiefs have kind of done this year, where they're just kind of like floundered because their depth isn't there, um, and they've just kind of fallen apart. So yeah, Seattle three and five trying to see what they were they were i believe if this two, is correct two and two with russ and one yeah. and three without him i think yeah but one of those games was against a terrible 49ers team um that was the game he got hurt no he got hurt against the rams um yep. i mean they'll sneak into a playoff spot you think you think they'll go six and three in their last nine and get to nine and eight uh let's see their schedule Let's figure this out. Um, Mike, what do you think while I pull up their schedule? Is Russ going to save their season? It saved their season in in how? Is in save Seattle in. Get them to the playoffs. Yeah, are they going to? They're five and three, right? Or sorry, three and five right now. Are they going to make the playoffs? No, I don't think they make the playoffs at three and five. Um, There's. they're, They're. They're. I think you're going to see an improvement, uh, you know, of course, because Geno Smith is awful. But to get them in the playoffs after going three and five in a division um, like the NFC West, I mean, 49ers are formidable, even though they're what two and whatever. They're going to put a competition with Seattle anyways and Arizona and all those teams there. So, yeah, I don't I don't see it. Not not enough to save the season. If they were five and three then I could see more of it, but no, not at three and five. Mike, I have to take a big uh, exception to something you said there when you called the 49ers formidable. <laughs> Against the Seahawks. They, they lost to Colt McCoy last week, man. Yeah, but I think they if they played the Seahawks, it, it, would, it wouldn't be a blowout by any means. Okay. Um, so I see four games left on the schedule that they could potentially lose. So if they... They play the Packers, the Cardinals, the Cardinals again, and the Rams. So those are their four losses that I see left on the board because the other games are Washington, the Niners, the Texans, the Bears, and the Lions. So if they split the games, those four difficult games, that has them going, what, seven and two the rest of the way? Yeah, but I mean, they could, like, they could easily lose to Chicago. They could lose at Washington. Yeah, I mean, okay. Te- so the if Texans they, and Lions are guaranteed wins, basically. Same with the Niners. It's going to be a night game. Um, it's going to be a mess. Um, so if if so, say they drop one of those games and they split their four difficult games. Yeah, then they're nine and eight. Then they're and nine and eight. Probably, and with, yeah, with the yeah. NFC in the state that it's in, nine and eight is almost assuredly getting in. Yeah, with the seventh playoff spot, which is absurd. Um, yeah, I think he does save Seattle. Yeah, there's a reasonable chance. I mean, right now the seventh playoff team in the NFC is Atlanta at four and four. So, oh god, the Niners are in the hunt, aren't they? 
Yeah, theoretically, yes. Um, oh. Yeah, I will. I will agree. Um, I think I think Seattle will, I guess, turn it around. I don't necessarily think they're good, and I I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. Um, but I do think Russ will play a little bit better the rest of the season than he did at the start of the year, and I'm I'm figuring that they're going to at least get their season back on track to a degree. Okay. Um, so let's talk about their win, loser, draw. And then we got two more games and about 15. So are you guys saying they make the playoffs? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my win, lose, draw is uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Aaron Jones. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go Metcalf because I think it was Lockett who had the big game last week. So probably be Metcalf this week as the winner. Um, Aaron Jones is the draw and and, um, Lockett is the loss. Okay, so I am thinking that Lockett is the loss because that man, that man just continues to take L's. I think. um, Did I say Lockett is the loss or the win? You said said loss. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Is that what you wanted to say? Yeah, yes. lock it is the loss. Yeah, for sure. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, yeah, Lockett continues to take L's. He's just a perpetual L taker this year. Um, so I will call Lockett the L. I will call Aaron Jones the draw and DK Metcalf the win. He is going to have a long touchdown, and everybody will get very excited about DK Metcalf. I'm going with... DK Metcalf win, Tyler Lockett draw, Aaron Jones loss. Okay. And who wins this one? Seattle. Mike? Green Bay. I have Green Bay, baby. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. He's going to uh, infect the Seahawks with a loss. Mm. There we go. Your other one was better. Sorry. I know I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. What was yeah. my other, what was my other one that was better? <laughs> the one where you said, uh, "Oh God, uh, that he wasn't taking any other precautions." Oh yeah, <laughs> any other? Uh, yeah, that was good with so. Bakatari. Yeah, uh, I went too far. All right, uh, Chiefs and Raiders is a fifty-one and a half point over/under. Chiefs two and a half point favorites. Their last two matchups, they blasted past this over/under. So. I am not a betting man, but if I was, I would take the over. Um, For the Chiefs' injuries, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, quote, probably a stretch to return for this weekend, so don't count on him um, being back. And that is it for the Chiefs as far as injuries go. For the Raiders, uh, Hunter Renfro had an ankle issue, but he was in full practice on Wednesday. Um, I'm trying to see here uh, about... Okay, Deshaun Jackson is officially a Raider. Uh, so he has officially joined the Raiders. Uh, did he play last week or no? No. Okay. No, he did not play. I wasn't sure. I didn't think so. So um, in this one, Mike has a very interesting question about Patrick Mahomes. So this is sort of in the lines of my Kyle Pitts question. Um, and my question about this game between the Chiefs and the Raiders is... Is Patrick Mahomes becoming a streaming quarterback rather than an automatic start? No. Um, see, I 
I don't know if he's a streamer, but at the same time, it's like it's possible that you have Mahomes and a guy that you would rather play. Yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm gonna say that if somebody said like, can I drop Patrick Mahomes? I would be like, no, that'd be a stupid thing to do. So then that in that way, I don't think he's a streamer because I don't think he's a guy that you can like pick up and drop week to week. Um, but I like I have him as a back end QB one this week, and it's not. You know, Las Vegas' defense has been fairly good this year, but it's not the type of matchup that's going to, like, super scare you. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, I I don't think he's going to be great this week. I've adjusted my expectations based on what I've seen. But, um, no, I I don't think, based on his track record, I don't think it's gotten to the point where, like, you could reasonably consider dropping him in redraft. Mm hmm yeah like i think streamer is a category of player like um like a carson wentz where you can pick him up and you can drop him and you have a reasonable expectation that you can get him back if you want to pick him up again um but like yeah patrick mahomes he i don't think he's a streamer he's because of what walker said yeah i don't think you'd be able to pick him back up but if somebody said hey do i trade uh patrick mahomes for matthew stafford i would uh i mean you it's it's certainly a conversation. Stafford, I mean, uh, Mahomes for Lamar Jackson? Well, I would definitely take Lamar in fantasy over yeah. Mahomes right now. Justin Herbert? Uh, I mean, yeah, the fact that it's a conversation. Yeah, and that, that puts him in the, like, 5, 6, 7 range more than the slam dunk. So I think he's somewhere between slam dunk starter and streamer, Mike, to answer your question. Yeah, I, I think somewhere I'll... In, in between just because and then again i think it's the name um mm-hmm. that we're we're attaching ourselves to and i agree with walker's point if someone put patrick mahomes on the waiver wire that's going to be like you know ultimate fab everybody's going to just dump their entire fab to get him but he's producing as um a lower end quarterback um one which is where you want your streamers to be so it's 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 an interesting, I think, just a position for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely a, a step down. And what I'm thinking is, you know, this could be just looking forward to 2022. This could be the downswing that has Patrick Mahomes going on the cheap next year. A la the number two quarterback, Lamar Jackson. We saw kind of the same thing last year with Lamar Jackson. We're like, man, what is going on with this guy? You can't, you know, it has the league figured out Lamar Jackson. Well, he's the number two quarterback right now. So um, this could be. But, looking f- but Lamar, but, Jackson, if you look at his weekly performances, his he is not uh, not been a quarterback to at all. Um, for, for the most part, he's been around 10 to like 14. Yeah, but. I mean, he's throwing the ball more than 27 times per game, though, and that's all that matters. That, that is true. That is that is a great, great point. <laughs> he's up to 34.3 attempts per game. Um, I would yeah. never have guessed that. Yeah. Well, that's a big loss for me. Yeah. He has gone under 27 pass attempts one time. <laughs> all right. I will not belabor that point. Uh, I will not. That was the last time I'm going to talk about it. Um so uh, the win-loser draw for this one, Mike, why don't you set this one up? So win-lose draw, we have Carr, Mahomes, and Hill. I would say... Hill. 
Hill's been weird. Like Hill's been, I mean, Hill's been going as Patrick Mahomes has been going, or, you know, the other way around. Um, you know, Hill, Patrick Mahomes has been going as Hill's been going. I'm not sure, um, but I'm gonna say win for Carr, draw for. Hill and lose for Mahomes. Um. Hmm. I'll go with win for Hill, draw for Carr, lose for Mahomes. All right, Mike. I agree with Jeff. I think Carr becomes the winner in this situation. Uh, draw for Hill and loss for Mahomes. Yeah. So something to think about that's been making the rounds. Um. This, this this week, uh, have you guys seen the uh, Patrick Mahomes with and without um, CEH splits? No. All right. So let's see. In the first five games of the year, because uh, CEH got hurt in the fifth game, he was averaging 298 passing yards, three touchdowns, and 1.2 picks per game. Since CEH got hurt in the last four games, he is averaging 261 yards, one pick, and one touchdown per game. So it, it might actually be a thing that's affecting how they run their offense. I said that could have been a reason on our Tuesday show. I did. Yeah. I called it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were the first person I heard say it. Because I heard I saw it on Twitter. I was like, I heard somebody say this, but I couldn't remember who it was. So it was you, Mike. Congratulations. All right. I win. I, Mike wins. O'Doyle rules. I'm taking the Chiefs. No, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win. I, Raiders locker room has got to be just. Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. the Raiders locker room. I'm also taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs in this I one. forgot about the Raiders dealing with the most difficult situation that a team could possibly be dealing with right now. Um, out, You know, well, not you quite the most. One of the Rudin, most. and you got Ruggs, and you have Barnett. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's a disaster over there right now. So, all right. Um, Let's talk about Rams, Niners, Rams, seven and two, Niners, three and five, 49 point over under Rams, four point favorites. We usually start with injuries in this one, uh, but there doesn't seem to be any real significant injuries in this game. Uh, Niners waved Jalen Hurd, who never played a down for them. Um, but I think never the heard real... of them. Oof. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Um, but let's talk about the big. More like, J- more like Jalen Hurd not seen. Jalen Hurts? <laughs> Jalen Hurts. It's right there. Um, Jalen Hurd sometimes looks like Kyle Shanahan and dreads. Look it up. It's very weird. Um, but the big news in this one, Odell Beckham is a Ram. Um, how does this change things for you guys going forward? Uh, it means that Tyler Higby and Van Jefferson are a lot less useful. Yes. Agreed. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Cooper Cup is obviously he's going to take like a five percent hit, which was going to come based anyways. on regression, regardless. Like he's still he's still the number one wide receiver overall. Right, yeah. but there's no way he's going to be uh, keeping up with those stats that he had in the very right. beginning of the year. Right, so. and that's just that that's just regardless. So right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's this thing that I keep seeing, um, which is uh, people think that when Good players come. Teams will naturally take targets from other good players no. and touches from other good players, and it literally does not make any sense. 
No, it's it. They're they're gonna take the touches from the marginal players. Like yeah, Tyler Higby will, will not be involved. Yeah, Higby's gonna disappear. Yeah, he's I heard not very good. I heard an analyst that I respect very well say that there will be a three men for two spot rotation with Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and Odell Beckham. And I thought that was the most insane take possible. That doesn't that doesn't even work out um, conceivably because both Van Jefferson and OBJ are are long distance threats. So what it what is he I, that no that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I will name names after the podcast, but is a well-respected guy who is, I've never heard him say a dumb thing before. So I was like, that doesn't make sense. But yes, it's. That sounds like Matthew Barry. It's not Matthew Barry. Oh, okay. No. Um, well, uh, it's uh, the guy from CBS that you love, Eisenberg or whatever. Yep. It's Jamie Eisenberg. Wow. That, yeah. Yep. yeah. I, yeah. I, Eisenberg, I have respect for you up until now. <laughs> so, on. Got him. Got him. Um, Done. But, yeah, it's the same thing we saw with like the Todd Gurley going to the Ram- the Lions this offseason potential. Everybody's like, oh, this is taken away from DeAndre Swift. I'm like, it is completely legal for them to just take touches that were going to worse players and give them to the good player. Instead of, for no good reason, taking touches from the good player and giving yeah. them to another good player. It, it's 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 just people wanting to be able to hang on to their Tyler Higbees. And people are still talking about Tyler Higbee like he matters. He no longer matters. He barely mattered to begin with. And now he's the, if we're being honest, he's the fifth passing option on that team behind Van Jefferson. And there might not even be much of a change. OBJ could just be there to be a decoy for most of the game. You know, it's, if anything, it's not going to be taking away from what that situation at all. It's, you know, the most likely situation is I agree with, it's going to be Higby getting less, less targets and those kind of things. But just because OBJ there is, isn't that going to mean that um, Robert Woods is going to fall off the cliff or uh, Cooper Cubs going to fall off the cliff. It could just yeah. look exactly like the same offense just with OBJ there. Just better. I mean, yeah. last year, I mean, last year when uh, Evans, Godwin and AB all got going at the same time, like there wasn't really that big of a drop off once they were all rolling. Right. You know, there was, there was right. some AB, like AB came in and, took the targets from the bad players exactly and godwin and evans continued to do exactly what they were doing yeah which it made them better too yeah. because they were actually more offensively in, um inclined meaning that tom brady threw more passes because they were on the field more mm-hmm. right, and then they scored more touchdowns as a team exactly yep so the pie got bigger so all right um i'm seeing rumors that um Odell Beckham might play in this game. And so we'll assume that he plays. So my question for you guys is how many top 36 wide receivers are in this game? Because you've got three. Okay. So Walker says three. So they're top Samuel Woods. Okay. Mike? Is Kittle concerned? Uh, is that a receiver? No, he's a uh, tight end. No, he is a tight end. <laughs> okay. Uh, then I agree. Three. I think there are four. Brandon Ayuk's going to be in the top 36. Okay. Get him. Is well, Garoppolo starting this week? Yeah, baby. Yeah. Okay. You know it. Garoppolo, the number two uh, quarterback in the last two weeks. Sorry. He's a stud. He's a beast. He's a baller. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Walker doesn't like that. Um, no, I, I, yeah. The only question is if, if uh, Brandon Ayuk joins the ranks. And I don't think, I think he'll join in the back end. You know, three for 29, four oh, for gosh. 29 and a touchdown. Yeah. 
Yeah, wide receiver 32 on the league. That's right. Um, so, all right, let's do win, lose, draw. Eli, we kind of talked about this. Eli Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Higby, going to go for a soft landing on win, lose, and draw. Uh, yeah, Tyler Higby, L, get him out of here. Taking um, L's. I will say, yeah, I'll say win for Ayuk because it's not hard to be better than what his expectations have been set at for the rest of the season. And draw for Mitchell because he's about what you expect from him most of the time. He gets a lot of carries and not many targets. He is a 49ers running back. All right, Mike. Trying to see how bad the 49ers are against tight ends. and They're very good against tight ends. They are very good. They're eighth overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the L will go to Tyler Higby. Uh, Take that L. The win will go to Eli Mitchell, and the draw will go to Brandon Ayuk. Perfect. Sounds good. So who wins this game? Rams. Rams. That's right. I'm Ram gonna it. I'm going to drive two hours to to watch the 49ers lose and then turn around and come back. So Sounds that like is, a fruitful day. Sounds like me putting on the clown makeup in this one. So, all <laughs> right. We will be back. Uh, Mike and I will be back on Tuesday to review these games. And then Walker and I will be back in your ears to talk week 11 ranks. Boys, on Sunday... It will be 50 games left in the fantasy football season. It is flying by. Crazy how yeah, why it's just, this happens. Even with the extra week, it's still flying by. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you like what you heard, uh, please check out our Patreon, $3 a month, and you get an extra episode from me and Mike every week. So for Mike and Walker, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening, and have a good one. Bye. I have $3. <laughs> <laughs>